regular people are taking their knowledge and content, packaging it up in an online course, and they're making a living doing it. But not everyone is successful with online courses. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. And I'm here to help course creators actually succeed with online courses. Hi, I'm Jacques Hopkins, and this is the Online Course Show. And off we go. Welcome aboard. Glad you're with us. I'm Jacques, and well, our co-host is here as well. What's going on, Dr. K? Hey, what's up? Another episode of the Online Course Show. I'm excited to dive into this conversation with Jono here in a little bit. He had uh, he had a lot to say about courses. He's very, very passionate about it, and a lot of uh, a lot of very just valuable nuggets we'll get to, man. So we'll be playing that uh, that interview here in a little bit. But in the meantime, let's catch up. What's going on? Oh well, I'm going to tell you this week. Um... I was in your next level courses portal and I listened to two of the recordings of the question and answer sessions. And oh my God, Jock, you have people that you are going to like 10x their results <laughs> and like completely change their life. Like, I mean, I don't have all their names yet, but these people, I mean, you have you have a guy making three thousand dollars a month, and I'm like, Jacques is gonna get him to thirty thousand dollars a month in a music niche. Um there's a lady in there with a hundred thousand dollar a month membership in childhood education, and I could see you five x or ten x that. I mean, like it's just unreal. There was another guy um, with sixty thousand YouTube subscribers, and uh, he's done just amazing results, only selling affiliate products, really. And uh, you're getting him going on launching his own product. And uh, dude, I was just in awe of these people. I mean, they. The thing is they have the foundation in place and and I just can see that you're going to give them like that one thing, the one the one formula that takes them to the next level. So super fun to listen to. Really cool. enjoyed it. Man, I appreciate that and I will, you know, down the road I would I would, would prefer to hear the you, you talking about next level courses from a perspective of, man, can you believe what you did for that guy? You know, took him helped him go from from this to this or helped him change this in, in his life. So right now you're just we just kind of relaunched the program recently. So right now you're thinking, wow, there's so much potential there. And man, I just love working with these, um, these a players like this, like Stephanie Taylor, you know, she was, she was on a a couple episodes ago. She was in one of the original versions of next level courses and she, she already had it in her, like it was in her and I just Mm -hmm. helped her pull it out a little bit. And um, that's so much fun. And that's one of my favorite things to do. So I, man, we, we didn't plan this. Like I didn't know you were going to, Someone do a little pitch for next level courses, um, but it's so much fun, and I appreciate that that feedback because the Q and A sessions are are one of the most valuable parts, and I have a lot of fun with it. The next one is happening after we get off of this, and I'm so just jazzed up, ready to get into that. And there's a lot of people out there that have like coaching, group coaching as part of their their course, and I I stumbled upon I just just had this random thought about how to execute this and did did you notice what platform I was using to do the the group coaching? Um, I think it was Webinar Jam, correct? Yeah, you just watched the recording, so you didn't get the full effect of being within Webinar yes. Jam because you just watched the video. If you have been using Webinar Jam, I, I debated on if I should use Zoom or, or Facebook Rooms or, or whatever, and. Webinar Jam has proven to be really, really cool for group coaching because it allows me to bring on just one person at a time 
to have kind of a one-on-one conversation while other people are still in the chat, still in the room. It's been pretty pretty cool. Now, as somebody that watched the recording, what, what did you think about that format and using Webinar Jam? Definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, I jumped on once where it was a Zoom call and you had like eight people, um, you know, all at once. You could see them all. And I think I was kind of annoying. I was out for a bike ride. And so <laughs> you were hearing some road noise and stuff. And, and but I, I enjoyed that. It's nice to see everybody that's in the webinar, but um, or in the Q&A session, the with webinar jam. Yeah, that way that you could see the one person at a time and just really focus on the person that you're coaching and helping. I mean, I really enjoyed that. Um, one request for down the road, knowing that, that people are going to jump into this next level courses at various points is even as you go, like always have the person that you're going to do the Q and a with, have them spend like just 30 seconds and give us like their course where they're at. Um, because, um, you know, there were a few people that you were coaching and you know their story, mm-hmm. uh, but I, and you know, their niche, their niche and, and what they're doing. But I was like, Oh, Jacques, like, what do they do? So yeah, start, start each Q and a with like, you know, what's your course? What do you do? Where are you at? And, uh, cause super fun, super fun. I would tell, tell people out there just casually listening to the online course show that the, the Q and A's provide tons of value in the next level courses. Man, I appreciate that feedback because like you said, somebody comes on, uh, most of the time it's somebody I'm already familiar with, with kind of who they are. And, and what their niche is, what their course is, and what they're mostly struggling with. Like, I kind of know that already. But for the casual other member of Next Level Courses, if they're trying to get value from the Q&A without actually speaking to me, I can see how that would be massive value to kind of reset each time just very, very, very quickly to give some per- perspective to the conversation. Mm-hmm. Really appreciate that feedback. Uh, then the other thing this week, I have been checking in on the podcast feed each day and looking at the clips that you selected from uh, your interview with Stephanie. Um, again, there's a little bit of lag between when we record and, and when people hear the podcast. Um, and then I also saw where you asked people in the Facebook group their thoughts on the clips. Uh, my personal takeaway is that the clips are really nice um, from the perspective that I, I could see myself playing a clip for my wife where I wouldn't play an entire episode uh, for my wife. My wife, is a, she's quite a completist. Uh, if she starts a book, she finishes it. And if I tried to say, let me just show you like this two minute section of a podcast, that would actually kind of drive her nuts. If I like tried to find it, she'd be like, no, either we listen to it all or we don't listen at all. And uh, so, yeah, just very shareable. And then it is just a fun thing. I mean, like all podcasts, it's just fun to like open it up in the morning and see what's there. Um, If I could put a wish list, and I know that there were a couple of people that mentioned this in the Facebook group, they said, you know, hey, there's some real gems from back in the day. Um, my wish list would be that you do two throwback clips from, you know, the talking with with uh, Nate Dodson or other interviews in the early days. Um, one gem from your next level Q and A session. So I know there was an amazing discussion about how to improve and figure out your internet speed. <laughs> um, you told a really funny story about Donald Miller. Like, drop one of those in there, and that would be something that would just be. Uh, you know, an Easter egg, new content for the, the listeners of the podcast and also function as kind of an advertisement for your next level courses. And then um, three epi- three clips from the current episode. So that's my wish list in kind of random order so that you don't know what people are going to get. You are just dropping like all kinds of helpful 
information to me today, David. Maybe maybe you need to quit being a chiropractor. You just come run my whole company. How about that? <laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> that job's I mean, fun too, man. That I, that's, too. That's, that's great, man. Um, that is that that is such good feedback because you mentioned I posted in the in the Facebook group. By the way, the online course community on Facebook, totally free. A lot of course creators there, a lot of aspiring aspiring course creators there. So I posted into that Facebook group, hey guys, what are you thinking about the clip so far? And I got a, a wide range of responses, mostly positive, but the biggest uh, pushback I got, like the, the the most negative comments I got were from people that already listened to the whole Tuesday episodes. They're like, I already listened to the whole thing. Like, I don't need these clips. And one guy in particular that said that, Jason Dion, actually, who's been on the podcast a couple of times, a very successful course creator, he says, hey, I listened to every episode. I don't need these clips. Like, What would be really helpful is instead of the clips from the current episode is I like the clips idea, but play, play ones from way back when that I probably forgot about. So I was like, man, that's, that's cool too, but it goes against the purpose of me even doing this, which is, hey, I subscribe to a lot of podcasts. I don't have time to listen to all the podcasts that I subscribe to, but there might be little clips within certain episodes that I would like. So that that is while that's a great idea, it doesn't serve that original purpose. So what you're suggesting I hadn't even thought about is kind of a mix of the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, include three or four clips throughout the week from this episode, but also include maybe a throwback clip or two, plus maybe a clip from next level courses. Oh man. I like it, man. I like it a lot. Sounds like a lot more work, though. I think I need to to hire somebody um, to to kind of manage that that whole process uh, better than I could. But I I'm I like it a lot. Well, you can survey your audience. I mean, you can ask people like, "What were your favorite sections from the early episodes?" and uh, just ask people what were their best parts. Yeah, but it doesn't even have to be like way back when. I mean, it can be you know this is this is episode one forty six. So even a clip from one thirty seven, you know, mm-hmm. that because that, that's before we were doing clips. I think could be very valuable. For sure. Can I tell you what I did yesterday? All right. Are we going to, are we going to hear a little fanboy moment here? Maybe a little bit. Yeah. I mean, big one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So from your perspective, who do you think that, that I am a fanboy of? Um, you got Brunson and Mikelowitz. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, and, and Pat Flynn and yeah, Pat Flynn um, Donald Miller. Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned him, but yeah, Mike Michalowicz is, is one of those guys for sure. I've read most of his books, especially his newer ones. He's got six books out. And I think the newest one is probably the best one so far. If you haven't read it and you're in business in any sort, then there's something wrong. You got to read it next. It's called, I almost said next level courses. It's called fix this next. Um, and it is, it is about the business hierarchy of needs where like at its core, like the number one thing you need for a business is you need sales. Like that is, if you don't have sales, you don't have anything. And then Mm -hmm. once you have sales, then you need to focus on profit. And then you, once you have profit, then you focus on order and then like impact. Like it's, 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 you follow this path and you don't like, you don't want to be focusing on order or impact if you're not making any sales. Right. Brilliant. So anyway, I'm on his email list and he pitched a um, he pitched some sort of mastermind uh, a few weeks back. And I think normally he does it in person, but because of the pandemic, it was virtual. And so I signed up just for the opportunity to even meet Mike Michalowicz. And 
Uh, I did, I did it yesterday and I got to say it was, it was far even ex- exceeded my expectations. Uh, the guy is, is amazing. He truly knows about small business and he is so passionate about helping people succeed with their small business. Now, in an ideal world, he would be more focused in on certainly online courses, but, but online business. And he's not, he's, he's helping just small business owners in general. And so there were, there were eight of us and, and him and mm. several people had like in-person service businesses, several people had products that they ship out. There was one other guy, I think that had an online course business, or he was, you know, he was actually a chiropractor. Oh, nice. And he's trying to to remove himself from the actual practice okay. and focus more on his online course that helps chiropractors. I think you can relate to that. Sure. Yeah. And, and but by the way, you, you're a chiropractor there and you have a course um, that helps chiropractors, but also uh, other wellness professionals too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like you're very happy as a chiropractor. And I think he is, but he's, he sees his, his future with um, actually helping more and more chiropractors anyway. I did this mastermind yesterday. It was phenomenal. Mike Michalowicz is the real deal. You read all of his books. If you you know join his email list, I highly recommend the mastermind. It was a great experience to uh, to meet him. And I mean, literally, it was an eight hour meeting on Zoom. Oh wow! Yeah. Can I ask what the current cost of that was? It was it was somewhere around twelve thirteen hundred dollars. I think normally okay. it's more like two thousand, but that's for the in person version. So they they discounted it a little bit to uh to accommodate the the virtual setting and i when i saw it i was like man i'll i'll pay that just to meet my michalowicz for a few minutes you know so so it was uh it was worth it it was really cool a lot of cool takeaways i've got a ton of notes here um i i could i could share you know my my whole notes but let me just i'll share one thing from it i was gonna say you got you have to yeah i'll share one thing okay he has this uh, concept he calls the journey of transformation, and this really resonated with me as a uh, online piano course creator, but also as somebody that helps people with online courses. Because I'm all about focusing on the transformation. When you are putting together an online course, you want to put together an online course that transforms the your student in some way, right? In my case, my main course is transforming somebody from not knowing how to play piano to being able to play songs they like on the piano in as little time as possible and have fun at the piano. That's the transformation that's taking place. And so when I'm helping people with their online course, I want them to think about, okay, you've you've got to think about the transformation you want for your students and then put together your curriculum that's going to be best for executing on that transformation. So he has this concept of, of the journey of the transformation and it's diagram, which doesn't really translate very well for the audio. Um, audio channel like this, but I'll do my best to explain it. If you can think about like a curve, like a U-shaped curve, and you start off on one side where you... I'm going to go ahead and pull it up on my side so I don't butcher this. So you start out with the choice. You're choosing um, to go down a certain path. So I'll just use you know the piano example. You choose that you want to learn piano and you want to learn piano with piano in 21 days. And then you commit to it. You sign up, you commit, and everything's great. You made a choice, you're committed, you're so excited about learning piano, right? But now's when we start going down that dip in the U curve, okay? And things start to get hard because you have to put in effort. And he calls that 
kind of bottom of the curve where we're putting in a lot of effort, he says that's work without reward because it's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of work. And I try to put as many quick wins front loaded into my course as possible because of this very thing, but it's still work. It's not a magic pill. You've got to put your booty in the chair or the bench, or if you're standing, whatever, like get at the keyboard and you've got to implement this stuff. And that can take work, especially if you're not like playing actual songs yet. We're still doing the basics of learning the keys and the chords. So at that point at the bottom is where a lot of people quit. Mm. And they go and they exit and they go around back to that choice part. And they choose either to stop pursuing it or more often than not, they choose something else, like a different program. They're like, oh, piano in 21 days doesn't work. I'm going to try something else. I'm going to try a different program. I'm going to try an in-person teacher because it got hard. But then if they do stick with it, then you start to go up that U and you start getting results and that's work with reward. And then by the end of it, that's when you reach transformation and you have that new identity and you have been transformed. So he was sharing this with us and I was like, man, I like, I like this a lot. Like I literally want to put this diagram at the beginning of lesson one of my course. Be like, look, this is what's going to happen. You're going to want to quit when you get right here. Don't do that. <laughs> and here's why. The last thing I'll say about this is there's one more path on this diagram that's, that's a much lesser you, meaning the dip doesn't get as far down. And he says that when you have a driving purpose behind the transformation, it makes everything easier. So I can use that as well. It's like, okay, do you really want to learn piano? And if so, why? Like, let's not just learn piano just because it. You think it sounds cool, or like, you think um, you think one person would would think it'd be cool. Like, you need to have a driving purpose behind wanting to learn piano. You need to have a driving purpose behind wanting to start an online course, other than like passive income. That's probably not good enough. We got to have more than that. Um, so that whole that whole concept resonated with me. And I even asked him, I was like, are you planning a book based on this, this, this thing? And he's like, no, it's just, just something I put out there. And it's on, his, it's on his website somewhere. It's a diagram. It's just one concept. And he's actually got tons of things like this that probably will never end up as a book. But he is working on several books as well. So I'll, I'll link in the show notes to this uh, diagram of the journey of transformation. And as a course creator, it really resonated with me. Yeah, that's a powerful story and a powerful takeaway. Um, the book that it made me think of is a book called Chop Wood, Carry Water. Have you heard of that one? <laughs> no, I haven't. Okay, well, I learned about it. Um, our Iowa State football team was not good. And they brought in this really young coach. I think he was only like 34 as the head coach brought into Iowa State, Big 12 team. And uh, I read an article in the newspaper. Again, I don't actually watch sports, but I'll read an article if it catches my eye. And the coach has these kids read a book before every season. And so his second season, they, the team really hadn't turned things around yet. And he had them read the book, Chop Wood, Carry Water. And it's all about like loving the process. Just like you were saying, like you are going to come into struggle. There's going to be a point where what seemed fun actually feels like practice and work, um, but love the process. And that Iowa State team, um, I think that was their turning point year. And then they've had a couple of years where they've really been a solid team. And so, yeah, I mean, just anticipating that people are going to hit a struggle and giving them those inspiring words. I think, I think it's a great idea or read that book and have them read that book. Sounds awesome. Very cool. 
Yeah, as you know, I'm a big college football fan. I'm assuming you're talking about Matt Campbell. I think that's the yes. current current yep. head coach of Iowa State, who Iowa State has not historically been very good, but for them, no. for them in their history, they've have been quite good in the past few years. And I know that I often hear like when bigger jobs come up, like, oh, maybe Matt Campbell will sure. move on to that because he's had a, a pretty good level of success there. And on that note too, like reframing that there's going to be struggle. I, I really I only plan on kind of sharing one anecdote from yesterday, but he he mentioned that one thing he does in, when he's looking for to hire somebody is he will actually put in some negative things about the job in the job post. Um, and and there's there were some psychological reasons that he does that. And I think the main thing is like no job is perfect and there will be struggles of some sort. And so if if people know that ahead of time, they're more likely to 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 accept that and want to get around it. And he just used one small example about how he basically puts in his job posts that you will have to walk up and down five five flights of stairs to get to your office. And I think he he they phrase it as something like free cardiovascular workout each day. Um, but he's just letting people know right up front that like, hey, we're on the fifth floor and you're gonna have to walk up the stairs to get to your office and walk down in the evening. Um, and so if, if, if somebody's working the job and they're like, oh, I'm sick of these stairs, but if they knew about it right at the beginning, it's easier to deal with. Yeah. The other thing I got to mention that uh, made me like Mike even more, um, people that have been listening for a while know that I love the book, uh, the five love languages. Yeah. And Mike was interviewed on Pat Flynn recently. And Pat was asking him about how he has a good culture in his, his office and team. And Mike is like, we run our office by the principles of the five love languages. And I was just sitting there like, he stole my idea. Like uh, I've made every single person that joined my, my uh, office since back in 2008 start by reading that book in the first three months, the five love languages. So I was like, man, this guy and I, we are like kindred spirits. So man, yeah. like I said, I could just keep talking about this. I've got so many notes and like you keep spurring on new things in my head. This needs to be the last one because this All is right. not a Mike Callowitz episode, but on that note, he gave us like an office tour. He was in his office and most of his people were not. But he took us like he switched to his phone. He took us around and showed us everybody's office. And on everybody's door, uh, right outside their door, they have a picture of them. But it's like a baby picture, like a kid picture. Because he says like he wants this job to just kind of be part of their overall story. And then right under that is, I think he called it like operating instructions. Yeah. And then under that is like several things just like about them and the way they work. And one of those things is their love language right there. So if you're approaching them, like you walk up, you want to talk to them about something for work. It's like, oh yeah, what was their love language? Oh, it's, uh, you know, words of affirmation. Okay. Let me, let me make sure, you know, I, I, I incorporate that in this conversation. I think it's very helpful. And I don't have an in-person office with an in-person team, but Hey, on Slack, I think we could possibly all add that to our profiles. And I think it, we could do that virtually as well. Nice. Let's talk about Jono. <laughs> yeah. All right. This was Probably. a good one, man. And this was a good one. So if anybody's new to the podcast, usually when we do an interview like this, we have our nice little small talk, uh, try to offer some value in the intro. And then we jump into the interview of the day. And then we talk about that more on the back end. So... Uh, if I could just set it up a little bit, Jono is in the fitness niche, but he didn't like me quite saying that because it's it's quite interesting. He teaches 
personal trainers to be better, better personal trainers. So normally, what if I say fitness niche, it's like, oh, well, he, he helps people lose weight. Very common niche. It's like the you know make money online niche, right? No, it's, it's way more specific at that. And he's been doing this for, I think, a little bit longer than I've even been doing piano. I think since 2012, he's had a ton of success. And he's even starting to like. He started a podcast recently about course creation. Like he's kind of going down my path, where now he's he's for, focused a lot on helping us, others with courses. And it's very clear that he knows a lot about this. So uh, let's go ahead and play it, and then we'll come back on the back end and talk about it. This is a good one. Buckle up. It's high energy. Let's get on with the full conversation with Jono right now. Jono, good to see you again. Welcome. Yes. Thank you, Jock. Super excited to be here. Can't wait to talk about online courses. Man, I, I'm excited too. I'm excited to dive into your story. I've interviewed a lot of course creators, a lot of successful course creators, as you know, for this podcast. And I take a different approach depending on just like what, what I want to do with that, diff, that, that person. Sometimes I'll, I'll kind of do a deep dive and research things. And, and for you, I was like... I'm not going to do that. Like I, I like I want to hear your story, Jono. And I know a few things about you, but I don't. I certainly don't know much. And so I'm going to discover things along with the listener here, if that's okay with you. Yes. I, well, my favorite topic is actually myself. So no, <laughs> drama, no dramas with me. Well, look, uh, let me tell you. Let me tell you what I think I know about you, and you can tell me how how close I am. Okay. Oh, so, yes. So your name is Jono. Am I saying Correct. that right? Yes, very good. Good so far. All right, great. You live, <laughs> you live in uh, Sydney, Australia. And if, if oh. people can tell you're Australian from your accent so far. Also correct. Your, um, your, your main course niche is, is fitness, some, something within fitness. You've got courses in fitness. Yeah. Now, this, this might be a good start point because this Uh-oh. is often where it can get it. No, it's, it's right. You're <laughs> correct. You're not wrong. Um, but just for the listeners, I might just quickly break it down in, in a few seconds. Yeah, yeah. Because this is often a, a common uh, mistake I get. Well, if I just meet people out, right? Because there's a lot of online fitness courses, a lot of online fitness programs out there, right? I don't do that. I used to okay. be a personal trainer, but I, I my courses help personal trainers become ah, better personal trainers. Okay. So yes, it's in the fitness industry, but I don't, you know, help people lose weight and that sort of thing. I help the actual personal trainer, fitness trainer. Very interesting. Okay, we're definitely going to dive into that. And I appreciate that <laughs> clarification. Uh, man, we're getting places already. I love it. So um, I know that at some point in your life, you've taken a picture with Gary V. Oh, yes. Huge fan of his. <laughs> that's, your, that's your Facebook profile picture. So maybe we can get into that a little bit. And um, you have a podcast. And I think you're starting to, to share some, some information about course creation and course growth and all that like I do. As well, and I know that because you recently had me on your podcast. Um, <laughs> yes, I was, I was going to say I just had the the best guest I've ever had podcast launched on Monday, and his name was Jacks Hopkins. Oh, come on, <laughs> come on! I'm sure you tell everybody that, John L. <laughs> so, man, that's kind of the extent. How'd I do? Pretty good, actually. <laughs> Pretty good. All right, man. So, take us back. When did you get the idea? Like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this knowledge that I have into my first online course. Mm, yes, good question. I'm going to, I, I might even simplify it just because that's one of those stories. We could spend 90 minute podcast yeah. on that, you know? Yeah. So I might uh, shorten it. But if there's anything you want more detail on, just let me know and I can expand a little bit. All good? Yeah, right on. Cool, man. So long story short, I used to be a personal trainer myself and I used to run a fitness boot camp. 
And cut a long story short, I used to suck at running this fitness boot camp. <laughs> so I was working at a franchise jacks. There were 75 different franchise locations across Australia and New Zealand. And you were ranked on how good you were, one being the best, 75 being the worst. All right, Every 12-week challenge, you'd get a ranking based on the numbers of your clients that came back retention. Right Now, t- actually, take a guess. One being the best, 75 being the worst. Take a guess what you think I was ranked, Jarks, when I started. Well, you said you suck, so how about 71? I wish. I was 75, right? <laughs> I was dead last. And, uh, and I knew 74. 74 wasn't a good trainer. So it was a, a hit for the confidence, right? But I really, really liked what I did. It wasn't like I didn't like it. I really liked it. I just didn't really know what I was doing. They don't really teach you that side of it at personal training school. You know, they teach you how to do push-ups. They teach you how to do squats. They teach you a little bit of how to run a business in an actual gym. But outside in a, in a fitness boot camp, it's a different world and they don't really teach you. Right. And at the end of my first year of doing that, I had to, there was a big meeting where all the different 75 franchise locations met up and you did a conference. And I didn't want to go because I was ranked 75th. Right. It's like (laughs) I, I, I was in, and also I wasn't confident with myself at the time. And that just highlighted it. And, and actually, that's a good point there. I still remember this at the time. I was so scared. I didn't want to go to this convention because I didn't want to be around 74 people better than me. Right. But now, flip the switch, I would love to do that. That's, how I, that's probably why I was bad at what I did, right? And probably you as well, Jax. If someone was to ask you a question and say, or, you know, say, hey, Jax, you can go to this convention and there's going to be 74 people that are better than you at what you do, you'd probably jump at the opportunity to go and learn from them, right? Sure, yeah. You know, so- Absolutely. But 100%. But my mindset there was a little bit different, right? Yeah. Oh, they're going to judge me and yada, yada, yada. Um, but I ended up going and it was the best thing I ever did because I just took notes like a crazy person. You know, the head of the franchise gave these little talks and I took notes like a crazy person and implemented like a crazy person, right? Because I had that, I was sort of thinking in my head, well, there's two options here. I either have to quit this and and get a real job or I can go all in from someone that's, you know, that owns 75 different of these. Maybe they know something that I don't. Maybe I should listen to what they say and, and implement some of those and implemented that. And within the three months, I skyrocketed. I think I was not amazing, but I was probably about halfway in the rankings. And I was like, all right, hold on. Maybe I just need to go and learn things. You know, the more I learn, the better I'm going to be. And the next convention wasn't for another year or something, right? So I'm like, well, what can I do in the meantime? So I simply went on Google and typed in, you know, bootcamp courses or how to be a better bootcamp instructor course or how to be a better personal trainer. And a whole heap of different courses came up. These, these were face-to-face courses at the time. Because to give some reference, this is back in about uh, 2012, so probably okay. about you know eight or nine years ago. A uh, whole heap of courses came out and did one of the courses, and it was amazing at the time. I was like, man, this is amazing. Did the course, same thing, took uh, so many notes, implemented everything that, that happened in there, and got some really good results. You know, three weeks later, or you know, three months later, I was then in the top sort of 20. And I'm like, okay, this, this course stuff actually works, you know? If you actually study something, you get better at it. Surprise, surprise, right? Uh, and then, you know, when it did another one, okay, well, you know, let me go and do the next one on the list. When it did the next one, you know, skyrocketed up the rankings a bit, you know, number in the top 10. I was like, all right, well, you know, let me go and do another one. When it did a, another one as well, skyrocketed as well. So cut a long story short, went back to this same convention 12 months later, and I was, and now take a guess what I was ranked, actually. Seven. Better, number one. 
Nice. Yeah. So went from you know seven, worst to, to to best in twelve months, and I'll put that one hundred percent down to doing courses and implementing those courses. Right. Uh, let's yada yada through the next year. I, I kept using that system. You know, hey, when a when a good course comes. I sort of um, associated doing a course with having a more successful business. It was like, all right, if I want my business to be more successful, I'm just going to go out and do another course. So I looked at a course as, as an investment of a way to make me money as opposed to, to spending money, right? So, you know, did that for the, for the next year or so, opened up a second boot camp franchise. So now I had two, was going really well. And I'll always take something out of a course, right? But it got to the point where I would do these courses and I was like, these are good, but I feel like I could do better. You know, I feel like with my experience now, with what I'm doing, I feel like I could do a better job than any of these courses here. I could put my style on it. And a lot of the different courses were teaching me sort of different, you know, one of the courses might be more exercise-based, one of them might be more sales-based, one of them maybe more marketing-based. I'm like, I feel like I've got all the tools then I can put together the perfect course for someone that wants to run a fitness boot camp no matter where you are because I was the worst ever. So even if you're the worst ever, I can teach you how to be good at that. So I was like, you know what? I, I want to put together a course. I, I feel I've got something to offer the world, to offer this industry that's better than anything out there. So that was the, that was the idea for it. And at the time, all the courses I was doing were, were face-to-face courses, right? And I was like, the one thing holding me back was like, you know what, I want to do one of these courses, but I'm so busy running my own fitness boot camp as it is. And most of these courses were on a Sunday. That was my one day off. I'm like, I want to put a, together a course, but I don't want to work anymore. I don't want to work another Sunday. And then, and then I have to also, what happens if I, if I you know, book out my Sunday to do this course and then nobody comes or one person comes? You know, I, I'm, I don't want to do all that, just all that work for that thing there. And I was also reading a lot of books at the time about, you know, passive income and, you know, that sort of stuff there. And I was like, you know what? Maybe this could work online. I was like, if I do it online, it takes out a lot of the risk. If I do it online, you know, all of a sudden, it, it doesn't matter if no one signs up for that month's thing. You know, I've done the work and, you know, if someone signs up, great, I'll make some passive income. If someone doesn't sign up, eh, you know, I haven't lost anything. I'm, I've still got my boot camp running. That's, that's great there. So that was my idea. But then I was like, especially back in... in oh, yeah, sorry, go. Can I, can I jump in real quick just to... Because yeah. the whole time you've been talking about, okay, I took a course, I learned, then I ro- rose in the rankings, took another course, I wrote... So I'm thinking online course the whole time, but now I'm thinking you actually... It, this was an in-person lesson of some sort. Because I was like, man, how in 2012, how were there so many personal training yeah. courses? No, <laughs> no, no. All, all, these are all in-person courses. All, okay, right. got it, got it. Oh, I just want to make sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Keep moving forward. Think, awesome. I don't think I'd done an online course. Um, yeah, I, I can't go. I can't remember those days, but it definitely wasn't like it was today, you yeah. know, where you could jump on and do online courses. Maybe there were, maybe some of the big colleges and universities may have had you know, an online course maybe. with their platform. Maybe, yeah, maybe. So these were in person. And, you know, I was sort of thinking and I was like, well, how can I do this online, you know? like, And then I, what turned me off a bit was the technology. I've never been a tech guy. And I was like, okay, you know, it's probably going to cost 20000 you know, thousands of dollars to put together a website and, you know, thousands of dollars on, on video production and, you know, and that sort of turned me off. And then something happened. I think I was on 2012, probably Facebook. I was on Facebook and, you know, some ad came up 
to um, to purchase an ebook for seven dollars or twenty dollars or whatever it was, and downloaded the ebook, and I was like, hold on, this is just a Microsoft Word document saved as a PDF. I was like, I was like, hold on, maybe I could do something like this. Maybe I don't need to go out and spend that tens of thousands of dollars on a website and cameras and and microphones. Maybe I can just create an ebook. This is a Microsoft. I've got Microsoft Word on my computer. Let me just test if I press save as and it saves as a PDF. Yes, it does. So that sort of got me thinking. I was like, all right, maybe I can just start off with an ebook, you know, and just write everything I know in an ebook. So put this ebook together and it was good. You know, it, it was every single trick in the book I, I knew, you know. And then I was like, you know what? I just want to make it look a, a little bit nicer. You know, let me go and uh, Google how to make, you know, your ebooks look nicer or whatever. And then I got to this site called Fiverr. Right, this is back in 2012 as well. So I'm, I'm pretty sure most of your listeners will probably be familiar with Fiverr now, right, Jack? I'm Josh? sure. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah I was, awesome. and I was yeah. on Fiverr right before we called working on something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So at the time, I was like, Fiverr, what's this? You know, and people would just do anything for five bucks. You know, no matter what you wanted. I still remember there was one guy on there that would said he would slap himself in the face for five bucks. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, what is this place? And I'm like, for five bucks, it's worth a risk, you know. Someone was like, I'll format your ebook for five bucks or whatever. And then I think there was an upsell. They'll make it even better for 10 bucks or whatever. Paid someone 10 bucks and they made it look pretty good. And I was like, man, and, and that was a good lesson for me there as well. Because before I was trying to fiddle and make it look good and there were different fonts, you know, and the, the aligning wasn't there. And I probably spent hours trying to make it look good and made it look worse than what it was before. Right, just sitting on my computer and trying to Google something and edit something, and and it looked rubbish. And then I'm like, all this time, I could have just solved my biggest problem for ten bucks. I could have paid that person ten bucks, saved me the hours and hours and hours that I spent working on it, and made it look better than me anyway. So did that, and then I was like, you know what? There's just some things here that I need to have video on. It's a fitness thing. There's just some things here that I I can't quite explain into words, you know. I was like, how can I, you know, let me, let me, what, how can I get videos? How can I show people videos? And then I realized there's this platform called YouTube where you can upload videos and you can simply put them on unlisted and then nobody can see them unless you give them the link. So I was like, all right, hold on. You know, maybe I just take some unlisted YouTube videos and then I can have an atta- attached playlist and also scatter these videos through here. So you got the ebook. But there was also like, you know, a thing up the top, watch, click here to watch the introduction. It would go to an unlisted YouTube video that people could only see if they had bought the ebook to, to get that link there. And it would be a bit of an introduction. And then also there'd be a bit of a playlist down the bottom. You know, hey, if you want to watch these in practical examples, click here and, and watch the playlist down there. So, and that was the, and also like, I was like, oh, video quality, what do you do? You know, then I was like, hold on, you know, my computer has a decent webcam. You know, I don't need this to be, you know, I'm not a professional actor here. You know, on this, this, this is my first ever ebook. I think my, my webcam quality is good enough. And that was my first product. It was, it was an online, I called it an online course, but it was essentially an ebook with, it was essentially a Microsoft Word document saved as a PDF with a few unlisted YouTube videos. So I put that first course together. Total production value was 10 bucks. Because at the time, I was, I was a bit scared of, I'm a bit of, I'm scared of spending, not so much now, but back then I was very scared of spending money or more wasting money. I was like, man, I don't want to spend a whole heap of money 
and then you know it doesn't go back. So I was like, look, let me just start off as as cost effective as possible, and then if I make some money from this, then I'll go back and reinvest and make it a look make it look a little bit nicer. Yada yada yada. So yeah, that, that's essentially the the origin story. That's that's how I started it off there. Wait, 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 hold on. You're going to stop before before you <laughs> okay. talk about the launch? Like, I'm all right, great. Okay. Like, I'm okay. ready to okay. hear that okay. you sold 5,000 <laughs> copies on the first okay. day. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> awesome. So, all right. So, that's a good story as well. Now, I went a different strategy, right? Because I went the bit of the scaredy cat strategy because, especially back in 2012, and also I had a, I had a successful boot camp business. That was my main focus. Mm-hmm. This was like, hey, if I can just make a, because actually, no, I was scared. I was scared at the time as well. I was like, all right, I'm, 20 something and I'm doing really well as a personal trainer, but can I do this when I'm 50? Can I do this when I'm 60? Now I know there are, there may be personal trainers listening to this who are 50, 60 years old, right? But I was like, do I want to, you know, can, are there some other options that I can uh, have here? So that was my original thing there. And I was like, look, my fitness bootcamp is going well. I love it. I'm putting so much energy into this. This is just going to be a little bit of a side thing. And I did some research and I was like, okay, I can get it registered with Fitness Australia. That's like the, the body that all personal trainers have to register with here in Australia, right? And I think it was 500 bucks a year or something. And I was selling the course for 200 bucks at the time, I think. It was give or take, it was like, all right, if I can just sell two of these all year, I've made my money back. It's mm-hmm. worth the risk, right? So um, got the course registered with Fitness Australia. I didn't do a launch. I was just like, right, it's registered. You know, tick off the box there. I'll, I'll fiddle with this later. I'll, I'll come up with a plan later. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll see what happens. I'm focusing on my boot camp. It's just, it's on that website and, you know, we'll see what happens. And within like a couple of days, I didn't even have it. I didn't, I didn't even have a website at the time, right? It was just listed on the Fitness Australia website. Do this course here. Here's this guy's phone number. And, you know, a couple of days later, I, I got a phone call and someone's like, hey, I, I want to do your course. And I'm like, oh, how do I even charge this person? How do I, you know, how do I deliver it to them? So I was like, oh yeah, hey, I'm just in a meeting. Give me five minutes and I'll, I'll call you back. And then quickly Googled, you know, how to take payments online and <laughs> <laughs> discovered this thing, PayPal, you know, and realized I could send someone a PayPal link and they signed up and, you know, then sent that person a text message and said, hey, what's your email? And, you know, sent them a, a PayPal link and then they paid and then I manually sent them out the ebook and they, they went from there. Now, what sort of happened is still didn't put any work into it, right? Still was like, all right, I'll, I'll worry about this later, you know? And then, you know, maybe oh, I think I was making one or two a month just like that, just by not doing absolutely any work, just by having it on the Fitness Australia website, I'd make at least one sale a month, maybe two. And then from there, I got a little bit more professional where I'm like, all right, I, I had a current site for my personal training. I just put a little tab there, which is, you know, he's the... I made it look a little bit more professional and um, that helped a little bit. But what, And actually, let's spend a minute here, actually, because this is where I'm – let me think of this. Yeah, okay, let's, let's spend a minute here because this is where I'm a little bit lucky and, and I'll, I'll explain a little bit more as we go. But I was a little bit lucky there in that I didn't have to do a launch and I could just put it on that website and I would make a, a sale or two every month without doing anything. Right? Now, I'll speak to how I scaled on that in a sec, but I think there's a few good lessons here for other course creators. Now, the first one, even just simplify, if there's a place that, a pe- that people are going where you know your ideal person is going and there's a heap of traffic there, leverage off that. Like I could go out and, and create my own thing, and I did, 
But it was like, hold on, I could just get it registered with Fitness Australia. It's up on their website. That's the number one go-to where most personal trainers in Australia go anyway. It's just a, an easy win. So if, if you're listening to this as a course creator and that's something you can do, maybe you, I know um, David's a chiropractor or something, isn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah, D- Dr. Yeah. David Crozy, chiropractor, right. Yeah, you know, if you're a chiropractor, if you're a, I even think some teachers have to do certain, you know, professional development, you know, that can be a, um, a, a thing there. And the other thing, looking back now, where, where that sort of helped is that helped me validate the idea, right? What I've seen with course creators, a lot of course creators will create a course, but not so much validate the idea. So they've got an idea themselves that they think is good. They'll put the course together and then they'll launch it and it may not sell. And they may blame the sales and the marketing and it may be the sales and the marketing, but it may just be that the market doesn't want that product there, right? Now, I was lucky in a way that it was almost validated before I put it together because like I was doing these courses anyway. You know, it's like I was a personal trainer who was going out and doing these courses and it wasn't just me doing these courses. It was 10, 20, 30 other people in the room as well. So I knew that personal trainers were doing courses and were doing courses by going to this website. So it's sort of like, okay, the traffic's already there. The people are already doing these courses. It's just, will my course compete with those? And when people were just purchasing organically like that, that validated it even more because also I'll get some really good feedback. People would do, and I still remember my first one. I was, because there was a feedback form at the end of it, right? And I still remember, you know, I got the, it was, there was an assessment and a feedback form because you had to, you know, give them a certificate and whatever for them to, to get their points. And I still remember this first feedback. It was the most scary thing in my life. You know, I was like, oh man, I, I barely want, I didn't want to open it because I'm like, oh man, this person's going to think I've ripped them off. It was 200 bucks and, you know, they probably know everything that's in this book anyway. And I sent them a Microsoft Word document, you know, I, I don't want to read it, but, you know, I'll, I'll be tough and do it. I'll face my fears. I'll get uncomfortable, yada, yada, yada. Opened up that feedback and the feedback was awesome. I can't remember it exactly now, but it was like, wow, this is such an amazing book, uh, ebook. It's packed with awesome ideas. I was able to do it in my own time. There's no fluff in there. You know, I definitely recommend you should get this out to more trainers. And I was like, because oh, at the time, like, I thought I was good at what I did, but, and I could only compare myself to the other 75 trainers in that franchise, right? I had no idea if other trainers were just a million times better than me and would think that my stuff is a waste of time. So I got that feedback there. And then same thing with the next one, same thing with the next one, same thing with the next one. So within a couple months, I was like, hold on, I've done absolutely nothing. I've sold, you know, three or four of these different courses um, by doing absolutely nothing. And every single person that's done it has said it's amazing. That gave me confidence on two different levels. It was like, all right, there's a market for this. You know, if I'm doing absolutely nothing and people are buying it, what happens if I, if I actually do some marketing? And then I was also like, okay, this is actually a good thing. I actually want to get this out to the world. You know, people are giving me all this good feedback. Um, I, I'm, I'm now confident in myself that, you know, I, I will, because previously I might have been a bit hesitant to sell it to someone because I'm like, oh, if they're a personal trainer, maybe they already know this, right? Um, but after getting that feedback, I'm like, okay, maybe I know something these people don't. I really want to get it out there into the world right? So that's sort of where it started there. And then from there, I was like, all right, let me do a little bit of work, you know? And I was, at the time, I would collect emails. I didn't even know why. I just knew that all gyms always connect, collect emails, you know? Whenever you, you go into a gym for a free trial or anything, you always have to write your email down. 
So I was like, well, if gyms do it, maybe I should do it as well. So I'd also build a little bit of a list, not a huge one, but it was, you know, it was the people that bought the course, they'd be on there. It was people that inquired if they, they'd usually send me an email. So I would, you know, um, collect that email there. If they called on the phone, I'd be like, hey, what's your email? You know, I'll add you to the list uh, and let you know when we next do our special, whatever it may be. Uh, and then I started to go on, on Facebook groups as well because there was not heaps back then, but there were a few different Facebook groups for personal trainers and I would just sort of interact. And then I realized the common question that was coming up in these Facebook groups was, has anyone got any fun workout ideas? I feel like I'm just doing a circuit over and over again. And a section of the course was actually boot camp games. And I was like, all right, maybe I, and the course, it was an ebook, right? But one of the playlists was all um, boot camp games. So I was like, all right, hold on. Maybe I can make this, um, this playlist like a, a mini course, essentially. So whenever that would come up, I'd be like, you know, hey, uh, someone would say, anyone got any ideas? I'm like, yeah, I've actually got a, a little mini course, you know, DM me if you're interested. And that would usually start a bit of a chain, you know, oh, Jono, can you DM me? Jono, can you DM me? Jono, can you DM me? I'd also started a closed Facebook group at the time as well, because that's what I did with bootcamp. I'd have a, you'd run the bootcamp and you'd also have, you'd also get access to my closed Facebook group as well. Now, Facebook groups weren't really a big thing back then. It was more Facebook business pages. You could actually post on your business page and, you know, get, um, get people to actually see it. Not like these days. Imagine uh, that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was crazy. It was like, it was unbelievable, you know? So um, anyway, so I had that group as well. And I would sort of, I guess you'd call it a funnel these days where it was like I'd interact with someone on social media. Um, I, I'd send them the mini, I'd probably ask for their email, email over them the mini course. Even though I could have just DM to them, I'm like, okay, no, I want to build my, my email list. So, you know, hey, what's your email? I'll email it over. Hey, I've also got a Facebook group. Feel free to join, yada, yada, yada. So it was building a little bit of a community there, but it just wasn't quite, um, it still wasn't on fire. You know, it was still like, all right, I'm making, you know, one or two sales from the Fitness Australia site, maybe making uh, one or two sales from email because I wasn't a good email marketer, but it was like now I'd have these emails. I'd send out a special once a month or something and, you know, maybe one or two people would buy it from there. So, you know, it was a, a couple sales, but still wasn't, oh, is it? sorry, go. Well, no, like, I mean, I, I, you're, 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 you're killing it, man. I'm, I'm very, I'm very entertained, but all the while I'm filling up a whole page of notes here. So <laughs> let me, let me just pause you. Let's, let's jump back to some of these lessons and cool parts of the story, if you don't mind, and then we'll continue yep. on. Okay. I would so, love to. Yep. Um, so you're familiar with like, uh, the, the books that Russell Brunson has read, like com oh, uh, yes. written, yep. not read. I'm sure he's read it yep. too, but so <laughs> you talked about the, the lesson of, of putting, put, first putting that book up on the, the registry, right. And then mm. just people find you there, you know, Russell in, in the first book, com secrets talks about going where your audience is, yep. right. And not just waiting yep. for them to come to you. So there was two instances yep. of you doing that very successfully putting it on that registry, but also seeking out these other Facebook groups. Mm. I think a lot of people like will put something out there and just like wait for, wait for the people to Mm. come to them. But what you're saying is like, let's get, let's roll up our sleeves. Let's figure out where they're hanging out and go there, meet them there. And and in the, in the Facebook group, it sounds like you weren't trying to be spammy at all. Like you were genuinely trying, genuinely trying to help people. Bang on. Well, there's, there's a couple things there, right? And I, I heard someone explain this uh, really well the other day. So a lot of online course creators, their sales and marketing strategy is build it and they will come. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, Jax. I think that's the worst sales and marketing strategy in the world, right? No matter, where, no matter what it is. I think, I think there's a, 
a thought that because it's online, people just magically will find you and sign up. How nice would that be, though? I mean, you live in a dream world. That'd be pretty cool, right? 100%. Well, here's the thing, Jacques. I look at it no different to the real world, right? I live in Australia. In Australia, you only really live on a few cities on the coast. The most of our country is desert. Now, if I was to open up a coffee shop in the middle of the desert where nobody goes, nobody ever wants to go, and I didn't do any sales and marketing, Nobody is ever going to go to that because there's no traffic there. No one goes. Like People would think you're an idiot if you did that. If you just opened up a store in the middle of nowhere where there's no traffic and you don't do any marketing and advertising, it's the dumbest thing ever. That's what essentially we're doing online. It may feel like we're doing a little bit more because we've got it on Kajabi or ClickFunnels or whatever it may be, but no one's finding your your Kajabi or ClickFunnels site. And then even if you put together a website, And this is a common thing personal trainers do as well. They'll put together like a fancy website. That's great. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm now, you know, big on on websites myself. Um, But if you've just got a website, you still need traffic going there. You know, you can't just create a website and think that it's magically going to be on first page on Google. Like same sort of thing. Like if if you want to get it on the first page of Google, that's fine. You can, but you're probably going to need to spend six six months of optimizing your SEO, either paying an expert $1,000 a month or you basically making it your full-time job to learn SEO and, and get it up there and create blogs and backlinks and that sort of thing, like that's a long-term game as well, right? So um, th- that's my sort of take there. Yeah. I think g- go to where the audience is hanging out. And yeah. I was lucky in a way in that it's just so easy. They just go to Fitness Australia or they're on Facebook. This was, I don't even know if Instagram existed these days. You know, <laughs> may not have, yeah. May not have. TikTok certainly didn't exist. <laughs> no, I don't think LinkedIn did, you know. So it was a bit easier for me there, but now I've even found it's, it's so easy to find your target people these days in many different ways. And obviously, I think the way I look at it, there's two ways. There's either like people come to you, so that's if you've got you know, good with you know, YouTube or um, SEO, that sort of thing. You know, People can search in something, maybe Pinterest as well, I guess, something like that. You know, People will search something, find you and go in that way there, and that's fine. Um, that's a bit passive for me. I still do that but I'm not a sit and wait type of guy, right? So I think today there's platforms, there's Facebook, which is obviously really well with the groups. If you're play within the rules, obviously, you know, don't go and spam people. And I've, I've seen some funny examples of this. I was speaking to a, a lady yesterday and she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to grow my Facebook group, um, but there's just no engagement and it's growing so slow. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, what, what strategies are you using to, to grow it? She's like, well, I'm going into, you know, different Facebook groups and inviting those people to, to join mine. And I'm like, okay, but how? How are you inviting them? You can't just magically click a button and, and invite them. Like, what, what's, it, what's going on? And she's like, well, I'll just see the, the people that are in that group, and then I'll just send them a DM, and I'll say, hey, I see we're in the same group, and I've got a group as well, and, and do you want to join that group? She goes, I do that, but Facebook just keeps banning me. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I wonder why, right? So... You know, I think uh, looking at a, at a Facebook group, like, don't do that, right? Don't just think, okay, my Facebook group hangs out here, so I'm just going to go and randomly DM people. At least make some attempt, you know, at least help make do some posts or answer some questions or, you know, ask if it's all right, you know, and check the rules, obviously. So that's, that's something there. But even other platforms these days, like LinkedIn, Instagram a little bit, but especially LinkedIn, like LinkedIn is designed to connect with people you don't know. You know, so if you've got whatever the course is you've got, you can just jump on LinkedIn, type in whatever the, the occupation of the person. It's obviously easy for me because I target one occupation, right? Mm-hmm. But 
whatever it may be. You know, even if you don't, tar- if you target a specific occupation, you've got no excuse not to use LinkedIn. Let's use David as an example. He could jump on LinkedIn right now, type in um, chiropractor, and then he's going to get every chiropractor in the world that comes up there. Great. Send them a connection request. If they don't accept, okay, they're not interested. You know, if they do accept, they're at least somewhat interested and then still don't sell straight away. Start a conversation, you know, hey, what's happening? What do you do? Oh, you're a chiropractor too. You know, where are you? Where? Oh, cool. Hey, I've got this group if you want to join or, you know, um, uh, you know, I've got this free, are you struggling with that? Hey, I've got this free thing, you know, feel free to check it out, yada, yada, yada. Instagram, you can do the same sort of thing. You can search by hashtags, you can search by location. That's obviously not designed as much as a, you know, person-to-person connection like that. Uh, but I think half of it's a numbers game as well, right? If you, you know, you, you can, obviously you would only connect with someone that's profile is public on Instagram. If they're private, they probably don't want to hear from you, Right. But if it's public, hey, you know, like a few of their photos, leave a few comments, send a DM, but starts the conversation great. If not, no dramas. But um, yeah, nutshell there. We can dive into this a, a little bit more, but that's my, my overview. Oh, yeah. Sorry, go. Well, well, I mean, you're, you're coming across as like course validation and, and like finding, finding your target audience is easy. And I'm mm. not saying that it's not, but I don't know about yeah. you, but like that's one of the number one things people struggle with or at least say yes. they struggle with. Yes. So is it easy or is it not easy? Okay. It's a good question. So I'm going to say, okay. So I'm not going to, I'm going to say it's in the middle. I'm going to say a couple (laughs) things, right? Let's start with, let's start with the validation because I think that's the most important one, right? I think the validation is the most important because if you don't have that, you don't have anything, right? Uh, Now I'm not going to say, no, I'm going to say it's easy in a way. Because my validation strategy, and now I've changed it a little bit, uh, knowing everything I know, and I know that what I did isn't going to work for everyone else, right? Uh, but if I had to, this is what I, this is what I suggest any course uh, people do. Because this is what I find a lot of people do when they validate, right? They're like, cool, I'm going to validate my ID. I'm going to go and search my competitors. I'm going to go on Google. I'm going to go on Instagram. I'm going to check websites, yada, yada, yada. And that's all good stuff. I'm not saying that that doesn't work. For me, the only true way to validate the course is to sell it, right? I think the course is not validated until somebody has bought that course, right? So I'm a huge fan of the create before you buy strategy, uh, create before you sell. So if anyone's listening to this and they don't have a course yet, my strategy would be like, all right, and we'll get, uh, I'll work backwards a little bit, but let's start the overview. My advice would be, right, before you put this course together, sell it first. And I'll, I'll share in a second, you know, how to find people and, and, you know, pitch it to them, yada, yada, yada. But let's just get the, the overview. Um, to validate the course, we want to have, let's say, for example, I speak to whatever, 20 people. I want to make sure that at least one of that person buys my course. That's the only way it's validated because you can do all the market research. And this is any business. I learned this back in the bootcamp day as well. When I was like, hey, I'm starting up this bootcamp. I tell all my friends, they're like, yeah, let me know when it starts. I'll definitely sign up. And then like one of them signs up, you know, which is better than nothing. But it's like, as soon as that credit card comes out, that's when you know if it's validated or not. Okay. So my suggestion is before you put that course together, sell it first, do the whole beta version, which the easiest way to do that is let's say you're going to put together a five week course, for example, oh, sorry, five module course, make it a five week course. Hey, I'm putting this together. It's, it's going to be five weeks, week one, two, three, four, five. You don't actually create the content. You just create essentially the sales page or the email, and then you sell that thing to your audience. Now, 
if they buy it, great. Uh, you know, were you going to say something? Well, you you said create then sell, which I yep. was a little confused because I, yep. I didn't think you were going to recommend actually make the whole course. Yeah, no, no, sell. No. I thought yeah. we were going to talk about pre selling, and I and I'm, yep. I'm with you 100 percent on. Sorry, I you think know, I said it the wrong way. Yeah. Well, Sorry. I just I just want to make sure I'm just trying to stay, stick with you here because yeah. I agree. Like the ultimate validation is actually somebody paying you money. People mm. do with their with their money differently than what they say they're going to do. You know that. Um, so we're talking about pre-selling a, an idea or an offer, and then if you get sales, then we can deliver on it. Yes. Sorry, I said it the wrong way. The sell before you create. So okay, thank you perfect. for picking that up, Charles. It, maybe I heard so, it wrong, but we'll, please, the, no, no, we'll no. play back the tape and see who is right. <laughs> I think you were right. So yeah, sorry, that's it. So you know, you sell the idea. Hey, it's a six-week program, right? If people buy it, great. You're off to the races and you just slowly create that thing. You know, drip it each week. And it's a really nice way to create it because you've got a little bit of pressure. You've got a little bit of, okay, well, I've got to create the presentation, you know, this week, whether you do it live or a replay. But it's not too much pressure. It's like, well, all I've got to create is one presentation this week. So it's a, a good balance. And the other thing as well, like not so much now, but when I first started my boot camp course, I've changed it a million times since then. It's a completely new course, right? So I think if, you, if you're a course creator and you're like, all right, I'm going to get this course together perfect, it's probably not going to be perfect and you're probably going to change it as you go along anyway. So if you're going to change it anyway, you don't have to spend a huge amount of time making it perfect. Now, if you're going to change it in six weeks anyway, make it good enough to get out to the market. So right, I'm going to put out a six-week program. It's going to be good enough. You know, I drip it week to week to week. I record all these. Now I've actually got something to bring to the market. I've got some sort of six-week program or six-module program or whatever it is. may not be perfect, but it's good enough to get to the market. And then I'm slowly going to go from there. That would be my advice there. Here's, here's uh, the problem. Make- Here's the problem. Yeah. If I could jump in, I agree with yeah. you 100%, but not for everybody. Okay. So okay. I think that is the absolute perfect strategy for somebody that already has an audience. Mm. If you are, if somebody mm. already has an email list, Facebook group, yep. if they have a list of some sort, now we can just set up like a basic webinar funnel of some sort. We can invite people to a webinar. We can pitch the idea of this and we can pre sell and we'll probably make sales because we already have an audience. We know them a little bit. Yep. The problem to me comes in when you try to tell that strategy to somebody brand new who doesn't have yep. an audience. Now, they could also set up a funnel and start pre-selling it, but there's a timing issue, right? Because they're just going to get people slowly tricking, trickling into the funnel and we're pre-selling a live course. Mm. What do you recommend for those people? Same thing or something okay. different? Uh, we can go either way. So I've got a, I've got a suggested strategy for that as well. Okay. Right? So, because that's, and you're spot on there. I agree 100% there. And I almost skipped a step, right? You're right. That's exactly for that person there. Now, if you're listening and you've got no audience, no list, nothing, what I recommend is essentially before you do that together, you st- before you, you validate uh, the course, you validate the ID. Now, many different ways to do it. I'll sort of go backwards again and, and start from and, and go from there because it's like, um, if, if I started from the start, it would just sound super confusing. So we'll sort of go back each thing. So I think we've sort of got the idea there. That's great. You've got a list, you can go and do it. Okay, that's great, John Owen Jarks, but I don't have a list. Well, what I recommend doing to start with is to validate your idea is essentially go out and find 20 of your ideal people. And we can speak about some strategies and how to do that in a sec, but just the, the overview of it is go out and find 20 of your ideal people and essentially interview them. So let's say Jarks was my, my ideal person, right? And I'll, we'll speak about how to find him in a sec, but for now, just imagine you're speaking to him. Okay, right. 
you know, Jux, you're a, you're a, you're a personal trainer, right? Awesome. Hey, uh, I've got an idea of a course. Would you be interested in, in a course that could show you how to grow your bootcamp? Is that something you'd be interested in, right? That start with the bigger idea. Now, let's say I speak to 20 of my ideal people and only half of them say, nah, or half of them say, nah, I'm not interested in, in growing my bootcamp, not something I'm interested in. If you're my ideal person and, and you don't even want, I can't even sell the idea to you, I've got zero chance of selling the course, right? I want something where if you're my ideal person, I want you to say, yes, John, man, if, uh, the one thing I want to do is grow my fitness bootcamp. If you could grow a fitness boot, uh, my fitness, uh, if you could do a course that could show me how to grow my bootcamp, I'm interested, right? But we need to go a bit deeper there as well because there's many different things in there. So, all right, cool. So, Jax, you know, interested in the course, what sort of things would you want to see in there? How important out of zero to 10 is the marketing? Uh, no, I'm good with marketing. I don't, oh, no, actually, most personal traders need help with that. Marketing 10, that's what I need. If someone comes in, I'm good, right? But I just need new people coming in. Okay, so marketing 10. What about sales? You know, if someone comes in for your free trial or whatever, do they usually stay? No, no, if someone comes in for a free trial, they're good. I don't need any help with it. It's just the marketing. Okay, cool. So that would be a zero out of 10. Okay, the workouts. Yeah, look, I've got some good workouts, but I need more body weight stuff. If there was body weight stuff and there was, um, you know, and, and games and fun sort of stuff, that's what I need. And I'd go through a bit of a checklist. So, all right, cool. Jax, let me get this straight. You know, if there was a course that could help you how to grow your bootcamp, you'd be interested as long as it had a heap of different marketing in there and it had a heap of different bodyweight exercises and also a heap of different fun fitness games. That would be a course that you're interested in. Yes, 100%. I'd be interested in that. Once again, if I can get 20 of those ideal people that say, um, that say that thing there, okay, you know, I'm validating the idea here. But the kicker is the price, right? Because the, the, who doesn't want that sort of stuff there? You'd always be an idiot if you're... I've probably targeted the wrong person if I've asked you all those questions, right? And you haven't, um, haven't said yes to all of those. The kicker is the price. This is what we really want to know. Great. And how much would you pay for it as a no-brainer, right? Now, this is where it gets a little bit um, important because if you ask that question to people, they're usually going to tell you a little bit of a white lie because maybe they don't want to hurt your feelings or you know, they don't want to put you down or what they'll usually do is give you an answer of what they think other people would pay the course for or what they think it would sell for. But that's not the answer we want. The answer we want is what would you pay for it right now? Because in a nutshell, these 20 people that we speak to, we're going to sell this perfect thing straight back to them in a month's time. They're our audience. Now we've, now we've got a little bit of an audience and the offer we're catering them is the exact same thing they said they, would, um, they wanted at the price they said they wanted it at, right? Uh, but we need to get that price that they wanted at. So I recommend even going a bit deeper. Let's say Jack's like, oh, I'd pay 500 bucks for that. And he, I'll, sh- I'll share another example as well. So I was having this discussion with uh, someone the other week and he was like, yep, I'd pay 500 bucks for that. Uh, but before, like, because I did one of these calls, I'm like, uh, he was, I think he was a bit worried I was going to sell him something on the call. I'm like, hey, I'm not going to sell anything. It's, it's just a chat. He's like, great, because I got no money. I'm like, cool, no dramas. <laughs> so then, you know, got on the call. He's like, yeah, I'd pay 500 bucks. And I was like, okay, but you just told me you didn't have any money. What would you pay right now for the course? He's like, 500 bucks. I'm like, but you told me you don't have any money. He's like, I don't. I'm like, all right, so how can you pay 500 bucks if you don't have any money? And he's like, well, I wouldn't pay 500 bucks now. I'm like, all right, well, what would you pay now? He's like, well, I don't have any money. I'm like, okay, <laughs> so would you pay, if there was this perfect course that you said you wanted, would you pay $1 for it? He's like, oh, yeah, I'd pay $1. I'm 
I'm like, okay, well, what would you pay for it? You know, what's the, the maximum you would pay right now if I was to sell it to you? What would you pay? He's like, right now I'll pay $50. Great. That's my answer. The course may be worth $500. There may be other people out there in the world that will pay you for $500, but that person there that I'm going to sell it to in a month's time will only buy it for $50, right? And then same sort of thing. My goal there, that would, that's my ideal for that there. If you don't have a list, just go out and find as many people as you can, but let's even just stick with 20, find out exactly what they want at the exact price they want, then essentially sell that thing back to them. Many different ways you can do it, whether it's an email, because ideally you've got their email address now because you probably did some sort of a a Calendly link or or something like that. Um, So ideally an email there, but then also a follow-up as well because you know what email is like. Maybe it went to junk. Maybe they didn't check it. Maybe they thought it was whatever, deleted it without reading it. So we've already spoken to these people. We've already got a relationship with these people. We can very authentically just go back in the DM. Hey, Jacques, um, you know, I sent out the, did you get the email I sent the other day? You remember that thing we were talking about the other month? I actually put it together at the, the price you mentioned. Um, did you get it? Because, and there's a few things there. Maybe they got it, but whatever, their situation's changed or people are people. We've already spoken about the credit card side of things. But ideally in that world there, you should make a few sales that way there. So that's what I would, that would be my ideal in that situation. Yeah, I think I, I completely agree with you. And I, that part, I think, is hard. Now, the, yeah. the actual steps, I mean, maybe you could put together the steps together, but like actually, you know, doing the research, figuring out who those 20 people are, who those 35 yeah. people are, making your list and so start going in, down and trying to connect with them on LinkedIn, LinkedIn or yep. finding their phone number, email address. Not many people have it in them to do that. Why? I mean, mm. it's such an effective strategy. And by the way, yep. I've heard that called most most i've most heard that called discovery calls is that what you call them this, i don't even know what i call them i um well actually can, can we go back a step can, can i go can i share something that might help here as well you do you do whatever you want jana let's go okay yeah let's do this so uh i think yeah i guess it is called a discovery call yeah let's call I it that do a, let's do it yeah, yeah let's call it that the reason i don't call it a discovery call is because i only do that with people that i already know and we'll get to that in a sec mm, you might be like okay. well jono you just said that you know, you just said that this is if I don't have an audience. No, I'll share a strategy in a sec. But the reason I don't call it a discovery call is because it's somebody that I already know. It's, hey, Jacques, you got 15 minutes? Can I have a quick chat and run something by you? That's what it is, right? Now, you may be thinking, okay, that's great, Jono, but I don't have anyone in my field I know. I'm teaching personal trainers. I don't know any personal trainers. I'm teaching piano people. I don't know anyone that wants to learn the piano. So what I do is I won't go in a Facebook group and say, hey, anyone want to go on a discovery call because I feel like that's almost a lot of people will know oh, this guy's just going to try and sell me something on a discovery call right what I do is I'll give value first now the easiest way to do that is some sort of free coaching or free lessons now I've done this a couple different ways in the last couple of weeks in the online course space so I went on a Facebook group that allows promotions every Friday and I was like hey you know I will test your copywriting uh, sorry I'll write your copy for free give me an hour we will go on a Zoom call together. Tell me your client. By the end of that hour, I will have written a whole heap of copy for you, right? So did that. And I got a whole heap of diff- too many people that I couldn't even do them all, you know? So, you know, got a whole heap of different um, people reply to that, you know, booked them in for a Calendly call, wrote copy for, for 20 people or whatever it may be, um, uh, di- uh, did the, the copy with them then and there. Oh, sorry. The other thing I do is in exchange for a review because even that might seem a bit spammy. Like, 
hold on, this guy's going to write my copy for free. What's the catch? What's the catch? What $5, yeah. What $5,000 course is he going to sell me at the end of this, you know, copy thing? So what I say is, hey, I'll write your copy. All I ask for in exchange is a testimonial. So that way in people's mind, it sort of validates. Oh, okay. This guy's just trying to get testimonials. So he's doing some free stuff. Yeah, that's cool. I'll, I'll help this guy out. And I find with that as well, it's almost people are a bit more open because they're like, oh, okay, I don't need to be defensive and try and, you know, um, uh, put my guard up. I'll let my guard down. This guy, all this guy wants is, is a testimonial, right? So do that there. Help that person do it for, for free, right? You've then got the, your, your, you're building your list that way there. You've now got a relationship with that person. You've helped them out for free out of the goodness of their heart. They're in it if they don't give you 15 minutes in a, in a week's time to ask a few questions. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so, and I find that works a bit better. Instead of jumping on and being like, hey, you know, can we do a discovery call? Say, hey, you know, can I um, write your copy for free? Hey, you know, can I, I want to test out some of my online course strategies. Who wants to jump on a 15-minute call, see if my strategies work for you? If they do, great. All I ask is a testimonial. If not, who cares? Because I, I found with the copy one, an hour is a long time, right? You need it for copy, but if you can, got it down shorter. I don't know if it can be done with piano. Maybe, hey, I'll give you a free 15-minute lesson or... I'll teach you how to play this song in 15 minutes or whatever. You know, it's, it's obviously going to be different for different niches. Um, but, and also, because uh, there's a few, th- and let's, let's dive a bit deeper into this as well. I think a lot of people that validate their course do it via survey. And survey is okay. It's better than nothing. But I think there's nothing like jumping on a Zoom because you can go deeper into those, you know, into those questions. Okay, you said it's, it's $500. Would you pay $500 now? Okay, it's 50 You know, I can, I can get deeper uh, in the Zoom there. And I find that eh, very few people are going to do it out of the goodness of their heart. So, and my whole strategy is what can I give first, you know? Uh, there's a, a Zig Ziglar quote. I'm not sure if you've, you've heard of it, Jacques, or your listeners have. It's, you can get anything you want in life if you help other people get what they want. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, right, you know, how can I give other people what they want? And in a way, I'm banking a favor. I'm not doing it. I'm not saying oh, I'll only do this because I want something back. Um, but sneakily, I am a little bit, you know, where it's like, okay, I'll help you out for free but I hope that you'll help me out back. If you don't, I'm not going to, you know, um, abuse you or anything, but I probably, I may not help you out for free again, you know, or I may be a bit careful before I, I help you out there. So that's, that's more the strategy I recommend. And it's a longer one, right? It's like, okay, it's not like get your course and launch it and make $10,000 next month, you know, but it's like, all right, cool. Let me make a post and give value. Because also what you'll find there as well, because I was originally going to put a copywriting course together, Right. But after doing those 20 hours of copy, I'm like, you know what? I don't like copy as much as I, I thought I did. And that was enabled me. To, now I've got a smaller one, you know, the ch- which I, you know, um, use as part of my membership or whatnot. Um, but it's like that helped me also realize, okay, you know, I don't mind copy, but I don't think it's something I, I really want to do. And then I transitioned a bit just to, okay, let me just see if I can help people sell their courses, just sell in general with, with strategies. Okay, I really, really like this. So that really helped me just by doing those, those free value things. It can help you realize what you want. There may be people listening to this. Oh, I don't know if I want to do this or I want to do this. Hey, just do, just coach some people for free. Spend a few hours, you know, 15 minutes, have a conversation with someone. You'll find out pretty quick. Okay. I really like this or I don't really like this. And then you also sort of learn on that call as well. All right. Cool. Well, you know, it seems like everybody wants this sort of stuff. Let me get better at this. So that's, um, that's what I recommend there. Give the value first because once you've given the value, 
then it's like a, a, a quick DM. Oh, you've just had a, you know, a conversation with someone and giving them value for free. They, they can't wait to help you. Most people on that call, you give them value for free, they're going to be, they feel bad. They, they feel like they owe you something. They want to get out of the, the guilt of owing you something. So, oh, Jacques, what could, that was so cool. You know, what can I do to, to help? And also it, it validates how good you are at what you do as well. Because if you can't help these people, they're in a, in a Zoom. It's going to be a lot harder to help them in an online course without you there, right? Man, this is, this is gold. This is really great because this is, this is what we're talking about right now is where people really, really struggle with online courses. And there is great power in actually having conversations with real people, even years down the road, once you're already established as a course creator. I mean, that's something I still do to this day is I'll reach out to my students and just have a chat. Like, okay, you're going through the course. What, where, where is the, where's the course uh, limited? What's, what's still holding you back now that you have the course and you have the whole program and you find out so much more information through those conversations than you would on a survey. Now, a survey is, is better than nothing, but a, a real conversation is, is, is so much better. And you know, I think when, when somebody especially is looking to, to start from scratch, there's a list of things we have to do. Okay, yeah, we got to build an audience and yeah, maybe we have to have a funnel and we have to have a course. And I think people are naturally wanting to start with the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, like in an online course business, actually creating the course, that might be the easiest part. Yeah, so maybe, yeah. maybe that's <laughs> why people kind of start there and, and think about the audience thing last. But if people mm-hmm. can get like one thing out of this conversation, like this is pure gold. Like if you're starting at the beginning, mm-hmm. you got you to, gotta, like I said earlier, roll up your sleeves and do this. This mm-hmm. is so valuable. And I really appreciate you sharing this information with us. No, 100%. And I think also, like, I think it should be fun. You know, like, I, I'm having the time of my life here, Jax, because I just like talking about, obviously, myself, the favorite topic, but also online courses. And I feel like, right, you know, if I can speak about online courses all day, I've got no dramas jumping on a Zoom with someone and just having a chat. You know, like, if you're um, hesitant to talk about that thing that you're, you're so passionate about, are you that passionate about it, you know? So, and, and look, there might be a bit of a people thing as well, where maybe it's like you're passionate about it, but you're uncomfortable I don't know, getting in front of camera or, you know, having a conversation. And I, I sort of get that as well. Um, but that's the world we live in these days. And really, it's probably easier because before the internet, even before the, now it's almost appropriate if you do it properly, it's appropriate to, you know, add someone as a friend or DM them on, you know, different social media platforms done properly. That's totally okay. Right. Um, but five years ago, you, you were a stalker if you did that. So you know what you, you had to do? You had to get out the yellow pages and cold call someone. I don't know about you, Jax, but if it comes down to sending someone a DM on Instagram or jumping on a 15-minute Zoom call with someone that's already said they want to go on us, I would much prefer that than cold calling someone yeah. from the yellow pages, right? Yeah. Or, or worse still, door knocking. That's what you had to do 10 years ago. You had to go down the street and knock on people's doors and try and get them to buy stuff or answer surveys. And man, I you don't get know the about cops, you. You'll get the cops called on you yeah. if you do that today, man. You know, that's <laughs> funny. You would, you, you, you would say that, you know, about being, being a stalker. I, I, it reminds me of a story um, back. I was getting my MBA through an online program like 2010, long time ago, before I even started Piano in 21 Days. It was an online program. So all these people from all over the country were in it. I think even all over the world. And now right at the beginning of this two-year program, we were assigned a group that we had to do all our projects together, everything. So 
we met in person that first day, but then everybody went back to their hometowns. And so we established, okay, we're going to meet weekly so we can stay on top of things. And we used Skype. Skype was a thing back then, but it was just Skype audio. And I remember one time I suggested, hey guys, why don't we turn like why don't we turn on the cameras and like let's do video chat? They thought that was the creepiest suggestion <laughs> they'd ever heard. That was 10 years ago now. And look mm. at us today, you know, during the pandemic, mm. what would we do without video mm. chat? <laughs> mm. Yes, bang on. No, agree 100%. And it's, um, it's, yeah, especially with COVID now and the, the yeah. fitness industry, that's one thing that it revolutionized the fitness industry. But, yeah, um, so, so let's, let's get back to your story as it relates to the fitness industry, uh, if you don't mind, because we have, we have an un, um, unclosed loop there. So yes. right now, I mean, let me, let me just start with this. Like, are you still running? These yeah, personal yeah, yeah. training courses yeah, yeah. And, and you're starting to get into like the online course consulting as well. Is that kind of your two main businesses going on right now? You got oh, more right now? Yeah, right oh, now. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. So right now, so I'm not running a fitness boot camp myself anymore. So I've got an online course business selling these courses to personal trainers. Yes. And that's what I meant. Oh, sorry. Yep. Yep. So that's still going on there. That's my main thing. Now I've managed to set that up. So I'm essentially not working there anymore. Oh, cool. So the first few years of, of running that business, I was just working like a crazy person, you know, just sales, marketing, delivery, sales, marketing, delivery, sales, marketing, delivery. That's okay because I love it. But I, I realized there was a, a plug there where I'm like, well, hold on. If I'm doing all the work, I'm only going to get so far, right? So I did this, um, I registered for this sort of business mastermind. And one of the things that was taught was systems. And now I was able to systemize my business. So, by the way, I do have a business partner as well. I feel bad because I haven't mentioned him at all throughout <laughs> this year. So I want to give him a shout out, Travis. You know, he's done it with me as well with the, with the online course space. He's my business partner there. Um, and yeah, so I managed to systemize that by you know, different systems and, and hiring people now. So I've got a full-time sales and marketing manager. Uh, she's hired a couple salespeople and we've got a couple virtual assistants as well. So with that team there, that business is able to run itself without me working. So now I got a little bit bored and I'm like, well, what am I going to do with my life, you know? And I was like, well, what do I like doing? You know, I like this online course stuff. So, you know, I've, I've just started that there and not even really uh, a business. Like my goal is more to build a community there just where like, you know, people that want to sell more of their online courses join my community. And then I, I almost want to, almost like an affiliate sort of thing. Where it's like, hey, here's the community where you go. Hey, what do you want to learn? You know, you want to learn instant. And I want to be like a trusted source in that community where someone's like, hey, John, I want to, you know, sell more of my courses by getting better at Instagram. You know, where do I go? And I can say, well, hey, you know, I, I trust this person. They've got my ticket of approval. You know, go and do, do their course there. That's more the, the direction I want to go that day. But yeah, to simplify, so my main business is fitness education online, running really, really well, running on autopilot. Now I'm just sort of fiddling around in the, the online course space. Man, that is so cool because I have I can definitely echo that story. You know, once I I kind of made piano in 21 days finally work, and I and I have was able to quit my job. Once I had made it work, the problem was I was working like a crazy person because mm. I was doing everything. I was responding yeah. every email, I was responding to every comment, I was doing all the support, I was trying to make new content. And so it was great that it was finally working, but I was I was um I was struggling with, with time and then you know sp- splitting my time between my family and my business. And so then I learned like use systems and outsourcing and automation. 
And so I was able to do that. And then once I did that, you know, the, the business is still going well, but now I'm spending just a few hours on it. And it's like, okay, what do <laughs> I do now? Right. And so for that, for me, that was probably late 2017. And, and I started this very podcast. And here we are about 150 episodes in on this. So it's, it's funny to hear you in a, in a similar situation. But are, are you completely unplugged from that other business? Pretty much. The, the one thing I'm sort of doing is just some Google stuff. So just some, because um, I haven't taught my sales and marketing manager Google ads or SEO. Now, I'm not doing Google ads and SEO myself. I've hired a, a um, agency to do Google ads and SEO, but I'm the one liaising with that agency. So yeah, apart from that, the business is, is running itself. And obviously, I'm obviously doing a meeting with my sales and marketing manager and with my delivery manager to, to make sure that things are running smoothly. But in terms of like in the business, yeah, very little. Was there, was there a time, you know, let's go back and focus in on that, um, that original business where you're helping personal trainers. Was, it, was there yeah. a time where you're just like, wow, this is, this is working? Uh, other than that like, first sale, I mean, it, w- w- how did it initially just like take off? Okay. So what happened there was, there's a couple things. I'll simplify this. And, and once, let me know if you want to go deeper. Mm-hmm. But essentially, like, I was like, all right, this stuff is good. Like, people are loving this stuff. I just need to get, get more of this stuff out there, you know? And I spoke to my mentor, who was the head of the franchise of the, the boot camp stuff. And he's like, right, what you got to get into is email marketing. Go and do this course here. And he gave me access to his digital marketer, Ryan Dice, email marketing course. And did that. And then that went really, really well. Started to make a lot more sales on emails. But I was just selling to the same people over and over again. And my list was getting smaller, you know, because it's like they're either buying or unsubscribing, you right. know? So, and that's, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's like eventually this list is going to get down to zero. So I was like, well, what do you do to, to get more emails, you know? And at the time, Facebook ads, and I still think today actually, but especially then, Facebook ads was the go to. I was listening to different podcasts. And all, this po- all the, the podcast guests were saying, Facebook ads, jump on Facebook ads. You can get leads for a couple dollars. You know, let's say you're selling a course for, for $500. That's what my course was then at the time because it was a level one and a level two. And it was like, you know, you can jump on and get leads for a couple bucks. All it takes is, you know, X percent of people to buy and you're making money off that. And invested in a mentor who sucked actually, paid $5,000 for him to teach me that and he didn't teach me that. So uh, that was a lesson there as well. You know, he sort of sold me the dream. You know, so if you're going to hire a mentor, do some research and make sure that they're not just going to, you know, do that. Um, But I was so dedicated and I actually invested another $5,000 with another mentor, but I did my research on that mentor there. Uh, And even that was, that was okay, but it just got down to like the last week, I think it was a four week program. The last week I still hadn't gotten any sales. I was going to ask for a refund. Because I think I, I teed that up at the start. Hey, you know, if, if I don't get an ROI, can I get a refund? I've been burned before, yada, yada, yada. I think they did something like that. But the very last week, they showed me the Facebook lead ad, which is a very easy way to get leads on Facebook. And what I was able to do pretty quickly is, is balance my funnel. I can't remember the exact numbers here, but let's simplify it. I was selling a course for 500 bucks. Let's say I put uh, 500 bucks a week on Facebook ads. I didn't back then. It was nowhere near that amount. But um, now I do, but even just to simplify the stats, right? Let's say I put 500 bucks on, on Facebook ad for that week. Um, I would get 50 leads and I would also make two sales, right? Maybe two out of those 50 people would, would buy there. So as a result of that, 
I could just scale up endlessly because it's like, hold on, it's like a, a vending machine where I put $1 in, I get $2 back. Let me keep putting this $1 in, you know, let me put $2 in now. So as a result of that, I was able to make a little bit of money, not a huge amount, but a little bit, uh, but also grow my list rapidly, right? And then because my email marketing was really, really good, even, let's say only, and even I think the stats are about 10%. I think, you know, about 10% of people that uh, inquired would buy, right? So, but those 90% that didn't buy because my email marketing was strong, chances are they would buy down the track later as it goes on. So that was probably the biggest boom there is once I discovered the, the funnel and the scalability. Because before that, it was hard work. You know, it was, it was work or it was almost a bit of luck. Someone needs to go and find me on the website or someone needs to post on Facebook and I need to, you know, um, get them in my, my list and, and that way there. But as soon as I was able to figure out the Facebook ad side of it, it's like, great. It's just like a tap. I can turn this on and I'm making money and building my list without doing any work. That was probably the, the biggest one. Actually, we'll go back a step here. Sorry. So to start with, it was just to break even. It was like whatever money I'd put on, I would break even. So I couldn't really scale. But that was sort of the first part where it was like, all right, cool. You know, now I can build my list without being there and I'm just constantly growing, 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 growing. I think that's the, the first point that an a internet marketer or online course person's got a master, uh, some sort of funnel that's just consistently got leads coming in without you doing anything. Once you've got that, you're in the park. You know, if you don't have that, it's always going to be a, a lot of hard work there. So that was the first little jump. And then there was another little jump where like, I'm like, man, I'm putting this all this effort, but I'm just breaking even. You know, surely there's got to be like, why aren't, I can't remember what the stats were there, but it was, it was a break even, right? I'm like, all these people are opting in, but only one person's buying straight away. Yeah, I'm getting most or getting a few of them off the back end with my email marketing. But why is only one person out of all these people signing up on the thing they freaking inquired about? Because my ad was also, hey, I've got this course on how to grow your bootcamp. Click here and, you know, it's got all this stuff in it. Click here if you want more info. And these people are clicking and entering their details, not buying. I'm like, what, what, what's going on? Anyway, I um, opted into something on Facebook and someone gave me a call and, you know, was trying to sell me something. And uh, I told them my situation and they were like, they were like, all right, what are your stats? How much emails? I'm like, all right, how much phone numbers are you getting? And I'm like, phone numbers? What the hell would I get phone numbers for? You know, I do email marketing. They're like, all right, right, that's your problem. You're like, just do this, you know? On that, op- on that form, also ask for a phone number. Everyone that also opts in, um, give them a call and you give them a call, right? And essentially, you know, sell them into your program. And I was like, okay, you know, so I did that. And then the ratio improved. And I was like, all right, cool. Now I'm getting a few more people. Uh, but I still didn't really know what to say on this sales consult. You know, I'd call someone up, hey, you inquired, do you want to buy? You know, <laughs> and anyone that knows about sales, that's probably not your best, uh, best strategy, right? It's better than nothing, you know, because maybe once again, they didn't get the email or, you know, the email went to junk or, or whatever it may be, you know? So that was a little jump there. But then I actually went all in on sales training and did a specific course, about $5,000 again, on how to specifically close, fo- uh, close phone sales um, from Facebook lead ads. I was like, man, this is exactly what I need. So I did that. And then that was a huge jump there because the ratio just went through the roof. And then it was just like, all right, right. You know, I know how to get leads. I know how to make sales. Now it's just a, a numbers game. And then from there, it was just like, yeah, that, that's when essentially, you know, the business grew rapidly. Yeah, John, John, this is amazing because there's, there's such a strong theme throughout your entire story 
mm. of you're, you're pressing forward, pressing forward. Anytime you reach a problem obstacle, you look, okay, who can help me with this? Yeah. You find a mentor, you find a program, you find a coach. And then not only that, but you actually implement yeah. what you learn and then you get through it. Like you've told me that exact sequence of events yeah. probably seven <laughs> times and if not more so far. And I think so many people want to go down this path, they hit a roadblock and then they like try to go down another path or like go backwards and they don't find that person that's been there, done that and can help them. And even if they do, they might not implement what they were told. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that seems to be one of your biggest strengths is, is finding somebody and then implementing what, what they say. Yeah. And I think there's a couple of good points there. This is also why I think I'm quite successful in the online course space, right? So, and I, I don't even track my numbers anymore, but I know I've, I hit somewhere between around, like it varies, but anywhere between about uh, 100, to 100 to 200 courses a month at about $500. Mm-hmm. So it ends up being somewhere between, I know it's a big range, right? 50 yeah. to 100,000. Um, but I think that's quite successful in that space. But a reason why I think I'm successful in that space is because I invest in a lot of courses. I value online courses, right? And this is also a lesson back in my personal trainer days, right? When I was running my boot camp and I struggled with sales, uh, I think I had a mentor there at the time. And they were like, all right, well, how much are you investing on your fitness? I'm like, nothing. Why would I invest on my fitness? I'm a personal trainer. And they're like, all right, so hold on. You're asking your prospects or leads to spend $50 a week on their fitness and you're not spending anything. You're a hypocrite. And I was like, that's a good point. And then <laughs> I straight away went and signed up for a, you know, a strength and conditioning program, which was $50 a week. As soon as I did that, my sales went through the roof, not because I learned any sales techniques, but because I was more congruent. It's like, all right, well, hold on. You know, someone's like, oh, it's a lot of money. Well, hold on. I'm a personal trainer and I spend $50 a week and I know my stuff. That's the minimum you should be spending on your fitness. Not that I wouldn't say it in those words, but maybe the way I, that my confidence and you know, the way I portrayed it. Then I actually hired a personal trainer myself. So I was spending $150 a week on, on fitness. And then my sales went through the roof on boot camp as well. Because if someone's like, oh, 50 bucks a week for fitness, that's a lot of money, isn't it? Well, it depends how you look at it. I spend 150. You know, it was just, and then it would give that person that sort of breakthrough. And I think that comes through subconsciously as well. I, I'm so passionate about selling my online courses because I, I would buy them myself. You know, these, these are the courses that I would have done these years ago. You know, it's not something I'm just putting out there to try and make money. Yes, I want to make money. Of course I do. But it's like, that's not the, the, and that's not why I'm doing it, if that makes sense. It's like I, I really value online courses because that's what's gotten me to this stage here. And that's almost the, the message I want to share out there, you know? So I think that's a, a big part of it. Uh, and also, like, I'm a big Tony Robbins fan, and he's got this, uh, this quote where he's like, there's people out there that have spent 30 years mastering a craft, and they can teach you that thing in 30 days. Why would you try and do it yourself? You know, like, let's use piano as an example. I don't know how long you've been learning the piano for, Jax, but I'm sure it's, it's years, right? Now, if, I've, if I want to learn the piano, I've got two choices. I can either try and spend years on my own trying to do it, or you can teach me everything new in 21 days. You know, like, why would I take the, the long yeah. road? And, and even just in terms of, like, I guess, um, a successful springboard, you know, I was able to scale very quick in my online course business is because I was able to hire a mentor that just shortened that learning curve. Now, I probably could have learned some of this stuff on my own. You know, I probably could have, but it may have taken me years. So it's like, all right, hold on. You know, if I want to learn, I don't know, sales phone calls, 
yeah, I can just practice myself and spend years trying to do it. Or I can do a course and get someone to teach me in three months. And then I move on to the next thing, how to sell in webinars. Then I'll move on to the next thing, how to sell in a, in a live event, you know? Then I'll move on to the next thing, okay, how to learn to systems and autopilot. I think that's the, the best way to, to shorten your curve and to go quick. Is, and there's obviously things you've got to do. I've been burnt myself, you know, spending thousands of dollars on the dream or whatever. So, you know, I'm not saying just go out and give any of your money. Um, but, you know, if you get to a point and there's a roadblock, like I've heard another good quote, actually. There's three ways to learn something. The easy way, the hard way, and I don't know what the last one is actually, the stupid way or something, right? So the easy way is to get someone else to teach you, right? That's how we've been doing it from the dawn of time. You want to learn how to shave as a guy, your dad teaches you how to shave, you know? You want to learn how to ride a bike, you know, your parents teach you how to ride a bike. That's what we do. That's the easy way. The hard way is to try and do it yourself, right? You're still going to learn. Of course you are. But it's just going to be a lot longer. It's going to hurt a lot more. You know, it may cost you a lot more money. Um, but you can still do it that way. Or the third way, I don't know what's called, the stupid way or something, is not to do anything, right? Now, if you're going through a, a bit of a pyramid, make sure you don't do nothing, right? Whatever you do, don't do that. You can do it the hard way and try and learn it yourself or do it the easy way and just find someone that's already got it and get them to teach you. So good, man. That's, that's I mean... How many, how many golden nuggets are you going to share with us here today? <laughs> I'm sure you got a lot more too. Look, I, I've got a, I've, I've got a cut, like we're, we're almost out of time and I got a couple more topics that I want to make sure we cover yep. here. So, uh, w- one of the, one of the things I like to hear most is just how a course can impact somebody. And I think ultimately one of the most important factors, um, to the success of an online course are probably the most important factor is the success of the student at the end of the day. And you've mentioned several times that your course, and, and we're talking about the, the um, helping personal trainers, yep. really help them. Like It's a very, very good course. Not only is it making you a lot of money and, and you know, all that, it, it's a good course. So maybe, maybe if you could pick like one story, what, what's one oh, person yes. that you could tell us about that took your course and had amazing results? Yes, I'll give the perfect one. I've got one. I've got, I've got a few of them, but there's one that I like the best because also this was my first big one. You know, once I got this testimonial, I'm like, okay, right. You know, this course has the opportunity to change people's lives, to change the industry almost, you know? So I had this student. She was a, a full-time teacher, I think, at the state at the time. And she wanted, she was running boot camps on the side, didn't really know how to do it, you know, did my course and implemented it to the T. She's, you could, not everyone always implements it to the T, right? She did it to the T, you know, word by word by word by word by word. Most boot camp instructors struggle. They start up a boot camp and they have, if they can have five or 10 people attend a session, eh, they're not happy with it, but that's what usually happens, right? Her first ever boot camp jars, take a guess how many people? Just tell me, man. Just tell me. <laughs> 54. Awesome. Right? 54 people to her, her first boot camp. Quit her, her teacher job, right? Because 54 people, they pay about, give or take 50 bucks a week. I think she was a little bit more. I think she was, she was in the country, uh, not in the city. So she was maybe 30 or 40 bucks. But still, you know, for her, that changed her life. Yeah. Right? But also, all those uh, participants are getting an amazing experience because there's two, sort of two sides to this boot camp course. The first side is the marketing side of it, making sure that you've got techniques to get people down. But then the second part is the retention side of it because that's where most trainers are let down. They just they don't do all those little 1%. And that's what I learned in my journey because I was ranked on my retention, right? And obviously, as the retention got higher, you know, the more people, the more the numbers you're going to grow and the more people hear about you, more referrals, yada, yada, yada. But the strength was in the retention. 
So it's like not only is this this woman got 54 clients to her first boot camp, but those 54 are getting an amazing experience there, right? So, but it doesn't end there. So she got 54 to her first one, and then she kept implementing what I recommended in the program. By the end of the year, Jarks, take a guess how many people? 100, three digits. 108. Awesome. Right? Beat my record. I think my record was 101 at my boot camp. Uh, within a year, she got to there. And for me, that was like, because um, to me, that changed someone's life. You know, it's like, yeah, you can do a boot camp course and get a few extra clients or, you know, that stuff's good and that can also change your life. But for me, that was like the biggest one. Like this one went, this woman went from zero to 50 in her first boot camp just by this course here and then 100 by the end of it. And that was, um, yeah, for me, that was like, yeah, that just, that, that motivated me even more where it's like, right, you know, if this is, this is what happens, if you actually, because a lot of the feedback before that was, yeah, it's a good course, you know, I learned heaps, you know, but that was the first one that was, or, and, you know, I've got a few extra clients, but that was the first one that was like, hey, you know, this is this course, because essentially, if we look at it from a business side of things, she paid 50 bucks for that course. She's now making $5,000 a week. Sorry, she paid 500 bucks for that course, you know. She's yeah. now making $5,000 a week. That sort of really justified it for me. And it was good for her, but also good for me as well. So, like, okay, you know, this stuff is good stuff. It works. Yeah. And we talked a lot about like course idea validation earlier and how it, you, your, your idea is not truly validated until somebody actually pays you money for it. But at the end of the day, like the ultimate validation is when yeah. you can hear stories like that from your yeah. students. Yeah, All right, that's nothing because you can sell it. You know, you can, oh, sorry. You, I know you're still on time. You go. No, no. I, you can finish the thought and then I'll go on to this last topic. <laughs> uh, well, another good quote I've heard is that anyone can sell crap once. Right? If you're a good salesperson, yeah. you can sell a crap course to someone, right? But if you really want to have a successful career in, in whatever it is you do, your thing has to be good because if it's crap, okay, you're going to get bad reviews and, you know, you're not going to have any testimonials, yada, 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 uh, and you're only going to last so far. People will out you, right? But if it's good, that, you know, then these people are going to buy from you again and again and again and again, and they're going to tell their friends. Yeah, that's, and that's exactly why I say that the number one factor of a successful online course business is ultimately the student success of that, of that course. So, New Zendler... Yeah, I'm very, yes. I'm very, you know, fascinated by online course platforms because, like we talked about, you know, we got started about the same time. I got started about 2013. You guys started 2012. Your first online course platform was a, a Word document, <laughs> Microsoft right? Word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mine was some hacked together system, right? It's so much more elegant today. But one of the problems today, there's so many choices, and some people have really good reasons why they pick a, a certain platform. Some people just pick one and roll with it and make yeah. it work. I've been hearing more and more about New Zendler. I've yep. never actually talked to anybody um, on, a, on a platform like this that uses it. And I think you do only because yep. when you interviewed me for your podcast a couple of weeks ago, we were in Zoom, but it had like the new Zindler logo yep. in it. So are your courses on new Zindler? Oh, so good question. Okay. So let me summarize this because now we're short on time. Um, so fitness education online, my courses are actually on Teachable. Okay. Okay. Uh, teachable, but I also use ClickFunnels for my funnels because Teachable is, yeah, well, I find Teachable is really, really good for the course side of things. Mm -hmm. You know, for, for the experience of doing a course, I think Teachable is amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of funnels, I think ClickFunnels is amazing, mm -hmm. right? So I'm using both of those for fitness education online. 
uh, now with this new, the, the new sort of consulting thing I'm starting or new, new sort of side business I'm starting, I'm like, okay, you know, now let me do a bit more research. And it's purely a maths thing. So ClickFunnels, uh, I'll talk in Australian dollars, ClickFunnels I'm paying about 400 Australian dollars a month. You know, I think, I think it's about 300 US dollars a month, right? Uh, and Teachable, I'm paying about $150 a month. Australian, I think it's about 100 US. Let, let's simplify it. Let's say I'm paying 300 US dollars a month for ClickFunnels and 100 US dollars a month for Teachable. Mm-hmm. I'm paying basically $400 a month to have those two platforms there. Now, that's fine. My business is going well. I can afford it, yada, yada, yada. But this new business where I'm making zero or very few dollars at the moment, it's like, okay, let me, and also let me come at it as an experience from a new course person as well, right? Now, New Zenla offers everything ClickFunnels offers and everything Teachable offers for $450 a year, right? So that was my choice for there. I'm like, okay, I can either pay $400 a month or I can pay $400 a year. Starting off, I'm going to put that $400 a year on there, right? So that was my choice there. Now, in comparison, I'm not going to say it's as good as either of those two. I think that ClickFunnels is probably a little bit better for funnels than New Zenla. And I think that Teachable is probably a little bit better for courses than New Zenla. But I don't think it's 12 times better. So the reason I went with Zenla is the value for one. It's like, okay, just pure value, I'm going to go with New Zenla. Uh, but then the other thing is also the all-in-one side of it, where I use, now I use Zenla for my funnels and also for my courses as well. And it just reduces a little bit of friction. Because I think at the moment, you know, you buy on click funnels and you get, you know, go to my active campaign and then get zapped into my teachable. And, you know, it's, it's, it's fine because I know those steps, um, but it's a little bit confusing. And also as I grow and systemize and bring new people on, that could get a little bit confusing. So yeah, I went with, with those two reasons there. Zenla, you can also use uh, their email software. I don't because I really like Active Campaign, so I still use external email. But you could use that for Zenla. Uh, Zenla, you can also use Zoom, um, of the paid Zoom version. But in saying that, it's it's it just doesn't work as well. You've got to, the way the client schedules. It's just it's not as good. So now I actually don't use that for Zoom. I I've <laughs> just upgraded and use uh, my normal Zoom. Now I think yours was my last Zenla Zoom. Uh, but in saying that, Zenla is in beta, so it is getting better. Uh, and there was one more point I was going to say. About that. Oh, and it's a lifetime rate. So another reason that hooked me is it's like, okay, you know, I can get in now for four hundred bucks a year, and then I'm always paying four hundred bucks a year. I think that was what got me in the end. It was like, ah, uh, you know, but if I go now and then they increase their prices, yada yada yada. So it was more that it's just I'm not going to say it's better than ClickFunnels or Teachable. It's probably not. It's probably not as good for those two things. Um, but in terms of value, it's it's the best value wise, and there's the advantage of having it as an all in one. Yeah, very cool. And maybe one day it will be better and you're locked in at that grandfathered rate. Yes, that's what I'm, I'm <laughs> hoping for as well. Love it. Jono, absolute pleasure, man. So tell us about the podcast, where people can find more information about the, the new gig you're doing with, with helping people with online courses. And hey, tell us, tell us one more time the link to the, to the fitness stuff as well. Yes, awesome. So um, yeah, probably the best thing is just to join my Facebook group. So I started a Facebook group. I'm, I'm putting a, a lot of effort in there at the moment. I want to grow that community there. That's the Course Creator Community Facebook group. I think it's Course Creator Community, Create, Sell, and Market Your Courses or whatever. But type in Course Creator Community 
and you can um, join the group there. Yeah, online uh, course I, community was already taken, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but you can have multiple names, you know? Yeah, yeah so sure, absolutely. There's, there's all these ones that are just, you know, so similar names. So I'm like, how can I make it slightly different <laughs> to stand out? Uh, and now I'm just in the process of making everything the same. So the podcast will be called The Course Creator Community. Um, yeah, they're probably the, the two best things there and then connect in there. If you're a personal trainer, it's fitness education online. If you need your CEC course credits, uh, you can jump on and, and do a course there. Jono. Thanks, man. Let's do awesome. it again. Yes, for sure. Thank you, Jux. All right. We are back here with just myself and Dr. K. All right. The episode or the, the interview with Jono is complete. What you think, man? Oh, I loved it. A lot of, lot of smile and laugh out loud moments. He's a high energy guy and just uh, appreciated his accent. Um, I, liked, I liked how he mispronounced your name, Jacques. Um, but yeah, it was great. I really, really a good listen. And you know, I love that he's a case study of the value of an online course. I mean, I mean, it's just uh, what, what you would say it's like meta, but like he became successful through courses and now here he is creating courses. And I think you and I would say the same thing. We felt the value of courses. And so when we're trying to sell a course, it's like, we're, we're not being hypocrites here. We've spent thousands of dollars on courses, right? Yeah. That's one of my, one of my favorite ways to, to learn new things is with an online course or an online program myself. And his story is fascinating with the numbers. You know, He was 75th. He took a course. He got better. He took another course. He got better. And at first, you could tell probably that I was a little confused. Like, how were there so many online courses about how to be a personal trainer back in 2012? I was so confused. But then he clarified, like, I, I, just, I just automatically think online course when I hear the word course. But, but obviously, it was, it was an in-person thing there where he lived in Australia. But same thing. I mean, that was more prevalent in 2012 than an online course. But now there probably are a lot of of online courses and you could you could do the same thing if you are a personal trainer looking to improve. Mm-hmm. And as far as the the name pronunciation, yeah, like I get a lot of I get a lot of um a lot of different versions. Yeah. And I think I think he would say he was saying, you know, j- jocks basically, which is that to me that's acceptable. I mean, look, there's seven letters but only one syllable <laughs> in my name. And you know, we were talking about Mike Michalowicz earlier like he butchered my name more than anybody I'd ever heard. Like nice. <laughs> he was like he was like Waquez or like something. No just like, way. Totally weird. Waquez. Like yes, I think it was like that. Um, it was bizarre. He's like it, that, that's before I had even said anything, and I was like, oh wow, like you. That's I, I said something. It was a little a little derogatory. I was like, wow, you really butchered that. And so the next time I had a chance to speak, I was like, look, by the way, I had, I meant no disrespect by, by what I had said. Like I I was actually kind of impressed because I've heard a lot of different versions of my name. Um, but that was a first. So I'm actually impressed. And this is coming from a guy whose last name is McCallowitz, right? So he totally understands the, um, the, the, the pronunciation thing. So anyway, but back to Jono. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) The value. I love it. You gotta be like, no, really, I usually go by Aaron. <laughs> like, yeah, like if it, yeah, for sure. But at this point, you know, he hadn't heard me speak. He doesn't know, like, I could be, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, English could not be my first language, you know, whatever. No, no judgment in any way, shape, or form. But it was funny. And then, yeah, so anyway, back to the conversation from Jono. What's next on your list? Oh, so, I mean, 
he, as he was developing his first PDF version of the course, you know, he said a statement as you were talking to him. He said, if I do it online, it takes out a lot of the risk. All of a sudden, it doesn't matter if no one signs up for that month's training. And I was like, such, that's such a good attitude for people that are making an online course because, you know, again, it can feel anxious. Um, you can feel like you're investing a lot, but unless you're doing it really wrong, the, your biggest investment is your time, right? Um, you know, I mean, there's ways to get started with the course for a very low amount of money. And so you're spending your time, uh, but ideally you're, you're growing, growing in multiple ways. You're getting more confidence. And so, I mean, I love that attitude of, you know, there's not a lot of risk with an online course. Absolutely. And the way that he did it was just brilliant back in it. Cause I can totally relate to that time frame and what he was doing. And like, I wish I would have done a Google doc with links to unlisted YouTube videos back then. I don't think that's probably a great way to do it today. Maybe if you're really trying to bootstrap, because at the end of the day, like the content is one of the most important things. But I'm thinking back, I think I even told him how much time it took me to just figure out the 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 like the course hosting side of things and the password protective. And and if I back in the day I could have saved so much time by just putting a lot of the content in a Google Mm -hmm. Doc and then linking out to videos. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, minimum viable product. I mean, <laughs> it it worked and he sold it. So, I mean, obviously, and then it was a stepping stone to to all the places he's gone since. Yeah, definitely. I did appreciate he was giving me some coaching during your conversation. He was saying that I need to get on LinkedIn. Uh, my bias is I don't use LinkedIn at all. Like I log in once every eight months. And so I kind of feel like every other chiropractor who would be my ideal client like they don't use LinkedIn either. But I mean, that is just kind of a bias that often we have is uh, we, we want to think that our ideal customers are like us. And, uh, you know, the reality is that that would be wrong. I mean, uh, for somebody new to your story, I mean, when, what did you picture day one when you pictured who your ideal person was going to sign up for, for uh, piano in 21 days? And who did it end up being? Yeah, so I am 34 years old now, I think. I think that's how old I am. And so I started my course seven years ago. So I would have been 27, some fast mm-hmm. math there for you. And I assumed that I would have like 27, like people in their 20s, like people similar to me. I thought that's who I would resonate with most. And that was pure assumption. And as, as you know, most of my students are over 50 years old. My students right. skew much, much older than me. And I didn't know that until I started getting people signing up. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I like the discussion of the, you know, the pre-sell versus the create the course first. Uh, My biggest thought there is just, uh, you just have to start where you're at. And, and kind of you can look at it as like, what do you need the most work on? So if you've never recorded yourself on camera, and uh, you know that that's going to be your biggest barrier. It's like start by making videos, whether they go in the course or not, like start recording yourself, start teaching. Um, if the biggest thing is that you have a shyness about selling, then then like, like Jono recommended, like doing those discovery calls or, or that way that he, he mentioned providing value, um, get over that hump of talking to your potential customers, um, you know, just, just trying to overcome the barriers in your own mind and grow, grow as a person and just recognizing that your first product is, it doesn't have to be your last product. Yeah. And if I could, if I could add to that kind of part of the discussion, 
you know, one thing that's been on my mind the past few months is that when you're looking to to start an online course, like we, we talked about next level courses earlier, and that's primarily for people that already have courses and just looking to dial things in more. When you're looking to start an online course, up until a few months ago, I kind of put everybody into the same category of people wanting to start. They don't have an online course. They want an online course. But in reality, there's two main types of, of people. And, and Jono and I talked about that. You either have an audience already or you don't. And the process for starting an online course is vastly different between those two groups of people. And so right now, I have two programs. Like I've got the online course accelerator for beginners, and then I've got next level courses for people that have courses already because I differentiated people with a course and with an out, without. But now I'm like, man, how do I not have three programs? Because the online course accelerator is for like starting completely from scratch. We don't have an audience. We don't have a community. We don't have a course. Great. But I get a lot of people coming to me. It's like, hey, I've got this audience. Now, what do I do? You know, for example, uh, Jonathan, um, who you're familiar with from the Choose FI podcast, like he was like, Jacques, I, I, I'm ready to do a course. And he's got a massive audience. And he did go through the online course accelerator and he got a lot of value out of it. But that path wasn't the right path for him. So I, I provided a lot of one on one input to him and he, he crushed it. And, um, the, the audience part is like the hardest, hardest part. And Jonathan spent three years building up his audience and then was able to, Pre-sell a course to them, but if you have no audience, a different ballgame. So, little little teaser for down the road is I might have three programs in the future because I think that's going to serve people better. Sure. Yeah, I love that part about reaching out and offering to do copy in, in yeah. return for a testimonial. What did you think of that? Yeah, it was great, and it also helped him discover that that's not the avenue that <laughs> yeah. he wanted to go down. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, I I could totally picture like somebody. You, if I if I hadn't started an online course in 2013, like if I in 2020 wanted to get into having an online piano course, it's like okay, I could start by finding where people are that that want to learn piano and being like, look, I've got this kind of unique way to learn piano. You can learn pretty quickly. How about how about we jump on a couple of zooms and I start showing you some of this in, in exchange for some sort of testimonial? And you wouldn't want to put together a course and then start offering it to people for free like that. You wouldn't like. Hey, I put together this this course. If you take it, give me a testimonial because the people are going to take it if it's free. right. Right, exactly. So I got to give you kudos. You asked him for his favorite <laughs> or a memorable course member success story, which that was something that I, I mentioned back in the Stephanie yeah. Taylor podcast, and uh, I really enjoyed hearing him share that story. I mean, I think about uh, when, I, when I talked about that last time, I was reflecting back on it. And it's like, when does somebody who's a parent like look the best as a parent? And the reality is it's when they're standing there and they're telling you what they're proud about, about their kid. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, it's just, I had a guy come in this week and I've known his son for a little while. And so the dad came in as a patient and I said, I've really enjoyed getting to know your son. And this dad stood there and he said, it's a neat thing because it's become a friendship now. And uh, he was just very proud of his son. And I said, well, you got a lot to be proud of. Um, so yeah, I was thinking about that. I really enjoyed that story. Um, I was thinking uh, for you, I have a little physical gift idea related to that. Okay. So, but I think you might be too cool to actually <laughs> use it. So we'll see if you, if you'll actually use it or put it anywhere that I would get this for you. But, um, 
I was thinking, you know how, how parents have those little bumper stickers that say proud parent of an honor roll student? Oh, yes, yes, yes. And All then right. there's also the ones where it's like, my kid beat up the honor roll student. Nice, yeah. Um, well, I was thinking of doing a custom bumper sticker for you that says proud coach of seven, six and seven figure course creators. <laughs> you put it on the back of your car. I don't know, man. I, 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 first of all, I don't drive much because I work from home. Um, put it on your rad bike. Yeah. On my rad bike, that could work. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's compelling. Like people see that it's like, wow, six figure, seven figure course creators. But I am proud of that. I am proud of that for sure. But, um, in, in most like, like with Stephanie Taylor, yes, I helped her, but like she had, like she had that in her. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes a coach is just there to, to help you to pull out something that's already inside of you. I think that's kind of the main purpose of a coach. And that's why I like working with, with people that are clearly like driven, motivated, have it in them already to begin with. Um, so that I can help pull that out of them. So I don't, I don't want to take like most of the credit for, for things like that. I just want to kind of do, do my thing and let, let people do theirs as well. No, well, that's, I mean, yeah, a great coach has a sense of modesty, but, um, I mean, there are certain people, certainly people out there that you've changed their lives and you've changed the next level down and, and maybe sometimes even the next level down from that. So super cool. Man, I appreciate that. And um, what you were just saying, um, man, I'm drawing a blank. We, we, we were just talking about um, the gift. What was before the gift? Um, just the favorite course member success story. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you mentioned that a couple episodes. It was like, Jacques, I would love to hear that question more often in the conversation. But you actually brought it up when, when I was on a couple of bigger podcasts. It was like, you didn't really talk about any of your successful students. And that really resonated with me. So I wanted to make sure I asked it to Jono and I've been asking it to other people. But also I was listening to an episode of, I believe it was the Smart Passive Income podcast fairly recently. Um, and it was an episode where he was interviewing Pat Flynn was interviewing Stu McLaren, who's okay. a who's a, a membership guy, and I'm like, okay, I'm I'm the online course guy, but like membership sites like are are a cousin of courses, right? So um, Stu is like the main go to guy for memberships, and I'm just trying to learn more about them and and their relationship with courses lately. So I listened to that episode; and it was fascinating to hear Stu. Like half the time he was talking, he was giving examples of his students. It was like, oh, well, that's an interesting question. Well, let me tell you about Johnny who had this idea for this and he did this, this, and this, and this is what happened. Like half of his answers were just stories from his students. And I was, I was like, man, David would love this. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, my last thing, I'm, I'm going to kind of surprise you with this, but, uh, and you can totally nix it or pull it out of the podcast if you uh, think it's a <laughs> no-go. But um, I feel like we need a catchphrase um, so I've shared with you that I listen to this podcast, the Snacks Daily podcast mm-hmm. every day. And at the end of each and the end of each episode, they say, ask your friends, H-Y-H-Y-S-D, have you had your snacks daily? <laughs> and every time it makes me laugh. Uh, then this past week, I was talking with a patient about um, Dave Portnoy from Barstool Sports. Okay. And apparently he eats a different piece of pizza every day from different res- pizza restaurants around the country. And it's just a three-minute clip. And this guy said, yeah, I watch him eat a piece of pizza every single day at 5 o'clock. And I was like, what? <laughs> and, and he's like, yeah, one bite, everybody knows the rules. Like the guy talking to me. And I was like, what? So I watched like three episodes of Dave Portnoy from Barstool eating a piece of pizza. And people walk by and they like yell out at him if they see him recording. They're like, one bite, everybody knows the rules. 
And it's just, uh, you know, you hear him say it in each episode. Have you watched an episode of that Barstool Sports? No, this is news to me, but I'm intrigued. You got to look it up. He just eats a pizza pizza and uh, people come up and, and interact with him a little bit. Uh, but then as I was listening to your interview with Jono, I was like, even Jono has a catchphrase. Like, did you catch that phrase that he said a few times? Goodness. what What is it? Yada, yada, yada. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> <laughs> and I noticed it. And like by the third time he did it, I was like laughing. I was like, that's great. Okay. Um, so anyways, I've been brainstorming and I only came up with one option. Um, but uh, again, you know, we can, we can brainstorm it. People in the Facebook group can give suggestions. Yeah. But I was thinking at the end of each episode, we end it. Until next time, get out there and T-T-W-R-Y-D. That's teach the world, reach your dreams. And, uh, you know, it'd be like this in-person secret handshake, um, you know, picture if we, if we ever do an in-person get together, we could do a you know, like people come up, they're like TTW, RYD. Um, if we ever hang out in person, maybe we could go get matching tattoos, <laughs> man. I don't hate it. Like, okay. I'm writing this down right now. So TTW, RYD, teach the world reach your dreams. Yeah. Or okay. it's kind of like, uh, I would say it's a little bit of a cross between yo and your, like, I don't feel like I'm cool enough to do a yo, but, um, the R is like halfway silent. I wonder if we can rearrange things or, or change things a little bit to where it's, it spells like more of a word you can say rather than saying six letters. No, I mean, that's how these things work a lot of the times. Okay. Remember H Y H Y S D. Right. You still got to listen to that. Or just like everyday speech, like BRB or you know, TTYL and so on. Okay, cool. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued and I've been, I've been executing on a lot of your ideas lately, David, if you've noticed. So, um, I don't know that we're quite ready to roll this one out at the end of this episode, but I've written it down and we're going to explore it. Hey, Hey, can we try it? Can we try it right (laughs) now? Like I'll say the first part, uh, up through TTWRYD and then we repeat together, teach the world, reach your dreams. All right. This could be, this could come off really poorly, but we're going to try it. (laughs) All right. All right. So until next time, get out there and T-T-W-R-Y-D. Teach Teach the the world. world, Reach reach your your dreams. dreams. There we go. I'm not ready to wrap up this episode yet. (laughs) Well, you got to teach. Dude, you got your uh, next level courses Q&A in 10 minutes. Oh, I do. Yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty much ready. But look, the last thing I wanted to say about this Jono episode and, and well, I got a couple things because I just appreciate Jono coming on and just being ready. Like it was 5.30 in the morning there for him and uh, and he definitely brought it all. And and he didn't want to end the conversation. Like he had a lot more to say and uh, and it was truly, you know, I've definitely spoken with him before. I was on his podcast. We've spoken in, in other uh, channels as well. So it's not the first time I've met him, but um, he really brought it all and I really appreciate that. The last thing, New Zendler, right? So I'm, I'm somewhat exploring like, possibly other online course platforms. I just, I want to, I want to know the pros and cons of each. And I put a list out there in the Facebook group a few weeks ago. It's like, Hey, these are the ones I'm thinking about looking into. And you're the one that was like, Hey, I've been hearing a lot about new Zendler. Like you might want to add that to the list. So I knew Jono used it. So I wanted to make sure I asked him about it for that reason. And it was interesting to hear that it's actually not the best, but it's extremely cheap. Mm-hmm. Right. So talking about like, you know, going back to when he started his personal training stuff, like he started out very bootstrapped and it sounds like he's starting kind of this newer business similarly. And, you know, Mike McCallowitz, his most popular book is Profit First. And he is 
huge, huge, huge on profit, not revenue, but profit. And he shared one example of how he's got everybody like his, his one of his top business goals every year is like a certain level of profit, like per, certain percentage of profit. And so he's got this uh, girl that handles his schedule and booking things and whatnot. And so he was going to speak at this event at a Ritz Carlton. And then he like looked at his itinerary and he wasn't staying at the Ritz Carlton. He was staying at like a motel eight, a couple blocks uh, away. And he's like, what's, what's, what's the deal? And, and she's like, well, you know, I'm trying to help you reach your profit goals. Like this, we, we saved $500 or times, however many nights he was staying there. Um, and so sometimes even though you can afford certain things, it makes more sense to bootstrap because profit is very important. So I would venture to guess that John O could definitely afford a Thinkific or a Kajabi or ClickFunnels for this new business, but he's starting off. He's probably trying to bootstrap and New Zendler was intriguing in that case. I promise that's it. <laughs> so, um, man, this was, a, this was a fun one as usual. So let's go ahead and wrap it up. This was episode 146. So people out there can find the show notes by going to oc.show slash 146. I've got that new domain registered to make it super easy for things like this for the audio format. And there you'll find show notes, you'll find links, you'll find the link to the the journey of transformation I talked about, a lot of things that Jono and I talked about uh, from the conversation. And of course, what what you and I, uh, David, talked about as well. So um, go check that out if you want to you know, leave the audio medium and, and view a web page with, with more details about this. And if you want more information about next level courses or any of the other programs or content that I've got to offer um, for course creators and aspiring course creators, then head to the online course guy.com. That's going to do it for this episode. We'll try to do it even better next week. David, thank you. Thank you. And uh, thanks everybody out there listening. We'll talk next week. Oh.